And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are back. We are back. Ladies and gentlemen, what I a show. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, last night was a very dark night for us Yankee fans. We'll get into that and how they all fooled us. The Yankees fooled us again, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be joined by Joe Aguirre. I would love to know what he has to say because we've been hyping up this Yankee team for pretty much the entire season. I'm really intrigued for when he comes on. We'll also be joined by the big old Kanish to talk some college football. Big week again in college football. So far, the midseason review. Chaz is on fire also, by the way, in his picks this year. And also, which conference is the better conference currently right now in college football? Is it the SEC or the Big Ten? But also, we got to talk about some NFL football. There was, Ted, an NFL game. And how the knee of a quarterback can ruin and dictate the entire NFL season and a team's franchise going forward. Yes, it was a dark night for me because my New York Yankees just didn't want to show up last night at Yankee Stadium. Keys to the city was there. I don't think the Yankees wanted to show up. But also it was a bad night for me because, well, I'm in two fantasy leagues. My other fantasy league is already done with. My team keeps the city season's over with. But also, I have another fantasy league. And my season might have just went down the toilet. You're last. a reigning champ. Two-time I, champ. I'm a three-time champion in this league. Back, but I haven't you're, won. you're back to back to no, back? No, I was a two I was three times I've won it in this league. I haven't won. Didn't win last year. This year, it doesn't look good again. As my quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Patrick Mahomes. Goes down. The buckling. The decision. Of Andy Reid, all we've ever heard about is the credit of Andy Reid. Oh, he's going to – him and Mahomes are going to flourish together. Why are you running a quarterback sneak with a possible $200 million quarterback in the future and your franchise? Everything rides on the shoulders and arm of And Patrick he was Mahomes. coming into the game already hurt. He had an ankle He's been injury. dealing with an injury, but this is a, an injury that can – I mean, all throughout this year, think about the quarterbacks. Foles, Breeze, Ben, Excuse me. Cam, Do you remember Trubisky. how you started this? You said fantasy. Our fantasy team went down. In Our fantasy year. team was was the reason. So both of my fantasy seasons are over we had pretty Breeze much because of my quarterback play. Three of my quarterbacks, done for now. It's just been that kind of season. And look at, like I said, the quarterbacks this year. The NFL has been down because of the factor, because of the quarterbacks. We always talk about how great quarterbacks are in this league and how they dictate the future of this league. This reminds me of the NFL two years ago. Remember and look what's happening. And we did say a couple weeks ago, the only thing worse that could happen, <laughs> that could really ruin this season's outcome, is if Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Patrick Mahomes goes down. Well, check. You got one off the board, but it's, Patrick Mahomes. We don't know... The MRI will come out today. We don't know what the... He's going to be out a couple weeks. Uh, absolutely. Now, how that plays into effect the AFC is going to be very interesting. We now know the Patriots 
We'll have we'll be home for the AFC ch- title game. Well, they already are. Doesn't matter. But now it's now it's for sure. It doesn't matter. It's over with. You could have already wrapped it up. It didn't matter if Patrick Mahomes was there. Patriots are winning the AFC. It's just disappointing to see that. They could have still got. It's just disappointing to see that. I mean, on a disappointing night, on a night that you get to see the New York Yankees against the Houston Astros, the two alphas of the AL. That's, I guess we're wrong about that. One's an alpha, one's, one's a beta. A, yeah. And then last night, you get the man. The future, maybe the face of the league, goes down. The man in curse. And the man in curse. But Andy Reid, a guy that we've been talking about highly about for, the, for his career. Yes. For the majority of his career, we've talked... Great things about him. Eagle fans are 50-50 on him. Chiefs fans are 50-50 right now. Because, yes, they have talent. Because he has not brought them a title. That's what, hey, and that's what always his biggest knock was. Now, on fourth and one, yes, quarterback sneak. It's We know a quarterback sneak. It's one of the most successful plays if you're looking for a play under a yard. favorite play. Exactly. But you have to think about the repercussions of this. You're on the verge of paying this man $200 million, possibly. Absolutely. Could be the future of the NFL, the face of the NFL, and the guy that's going to possibly win, we would we would assume, a couple titles, multiple, two or three Super Bowls. Multiple MVPs. Multiple MVPs. I mean, if he stayed healthy, he probably could be this. going back-to-back. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about a 6,000-yard passing season. So my question is... 50 touchdowns. I mean, we're looking at historical numbers that we've never seen before. Exactly. We're looking at behind-the-back passes, no-look pass. I mean, Left-handed it's, you passes, know, it's, I mean, it's like Magic Johnson on the court, but he's playing quarterback. That's what I'm trying to Kansas say. Kansas City Chiefs. You know, it's unfortunate. Listen, it's fourth and one. You'd be like, come on. You have to understand, the guy's already pre-injured. Going into the game, ankle injury. Yep. You're on a short week. I know it's fourth to one. You're like, hey, Ted, what's the chances? I how many times does a quarterback run quarterback sneak and, and don't get hurt? I know that. But in that situation, knowing that he's already kind of behind the eight ball, you have injuries, and you're gonna have a bunch of guys falling on his leg or falling on him, there's always a chance for something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. Don't put your your quarterback in that situation. Don't. Are, is, is it worth? Don't it? play your team. Is it and, worth it? And now it? you look at their schedule going forward. You know, play Green the, Bay. The matchup next, next week. You know, NFL in the sense of ratings wise has to be so disappointed. Now you're not going to have the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes matchup. matchup. Nope. You're going to have the Matt Moore, Aaron Rodgers matchup. It's just so. My exciting. question, very simple, is why? You just give it to your handoff. Your quarterback, just give it to the running back. Your quarterback, especially this guy, like we know how valuable quarterbacks are. We know how the Jets feel about Darnold. We know how the Giants feel about Jones, Arizona with Kyler, all these young quarterbacks, even the Browns with Baker. But we know what Patrick Mahomes is. Those are guys that are still getting their stripes, earning their stripes in the league. They're working hard. They're continuing to grow each and every week. And they look good so far. Future of the, of the NFL with quarterbacks looks bright. But this, and I posted a question this past week. I said, which quarterback would you rather have for the next 10 to 12 years? Watson or Mahomes? Mahomes was the definite answer. It's about 65% overall had the lead in that. And people were saying, well, Watson had injuries. Well, guess what? Now you can add this. To the resume of Patrick Mahomes. A knee injury now. He had inj- ankle injury. He's been dealing with injuries all year. Why cost your future for a quarterback sneak? Give the ball to your running back. 
Let him get a yard. It's okay. But I'm more worried about having my franchise quarterback stay healthy. And my future of the Chiefs organization rides on Patrick Mahomes. And now with this injury, it's unfortunate for the NFL. It's unfortunate for the Chiefs. It's unfortunate for Patrick Mahomes. But because I don't want to see a guy like him. You've already seen two big stars go down and deal with injuries. Saquon Barkley, one of the big stars in the future. And then Patrick Mahomes. Two guys I don't want to see get have their career shortened. Have their career shortened. And I know how great. Look at Andrew Luck. Look how great he was. But he was shortened because of injuries. I don't want to see this, especially for Patrick You don't want a Robert Griffin III, a guy that could have been a special player in the NFL, come back too early. Now they're going to have an MRI. Not even the injury, not even the early part of it. It's just the aspect of the future, and I just don't want to see this continue to build. Like, he has one injury, he comes back, he gets another one. Here's the thing. This continues. You just talked about the bad of it. But there is some good out of it. And and, and I'm going to flip it in the sense that... Uh. Teams in the AFC now, ah, the AFC West, yeah. and the teams in general. I'm thinking team. about Here's the, the NFL, bro. You know who I think benefits this greatly? It's the Houston Texans. They have an opportunity now to to okay. build a streak but, build, and, and be the number two seed, to have a home playoff game, to have a bye, to not have to worry about playing New England until the title game. See, See this is uh, – for everyone else, this opens up – it, I, we know what New England is. Okay, they're undefeated. They're going to be the number one seed. They're going to be home field advantage, whatever. That's inevitable. But now it's who can get the two seed. Because now it opens up the, the, it okay. opens up the rest of the season. You're going to have a veteran quarterback in Matt Moore starting for them. But their schedule is tough going forward. I say this as I'm going to add. And how good are the Chiefs? Go- We're going to find out how good the Chiefs are without Patrick Mahomes. Well, we already know that, how good they're going to be. My thing about how, how it's they? bad, how bad it, it is, is because... For ratings, people love people love Patrick Mahomes. See, it's different with the NBA. Like if a Steph Curry goes down, because there's so there's there's big names. There's still LeBron. There's Zion, Anthony Davis, KD, Giannis. You have those. Where's the NFL? No, but the NFL. Think about the NFL. Quarterback sell. Think about the NFL though. When you think of the big names of the NFL, how many realistically big names are there? In the NFL, big big names like global, like Patrick Mahomes is a global. Oh, no, he's not. I guarantee he's a global star. Odell Beckham's bigger than him. Global. Not for long. Not for long. Guarantee not for long. Saquon Barkley's ruined, a star, but he's not a global guy. But he's. But the NBA, there's a, a listen. There's you, a dose. Listen, there's the NBA a good, is a, the there's NBA, a good amount, a good dose of star back in the, the NBA does it. I don't think the, the NBA is different, but because they play all over, like in China, where football. What does the NFL do? They play, play in, in London. Europe, but they play in Europe. I know, but okay. I'm but sorry, it's not good enough. I we, guess we're because just, it's not China. Because the guys have a helmet on. Where's the where's the face? When you think of the NFL, you think of a certain co- people come to. I think certain Tom names Brady, come, I think Tom come, Brady. Certain names come to mind. You think right now? You think Brady? You could think Beckham if you want. Patrick Mahomes comes to mind right off the bat. But you think a quarterback. Right off the bat. The NBA, you have LeBron, you have Steph, you have KD, you have Giannis, you have big-name players that people know about. The NFL, there are great players, don't get me wrong. But the people in another country don't really know greatly about Julio Jones. They don't know about Mahomes. Okay. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think. think, I'm I'm actually telling you how I I see. I don't think they see him the same way, bud. I'm just saying... It's a big loss. Why make the decision to do that? You already know he's battling injury, and it's about your future. It's about your 
the, so for, your, Andy Reid said your it was career. a freak thing. Huh? A freak thing. Yeah. Well, guess what? That $200 million quarterback that you're going to be potentially signing now has to deal with injuries. And I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that, and it hurts the NFL. It's just going throughout this entire season. That's what's happened. Multiple quarterbacks each week. Seems like somebody's going down. Add the biggest one to it of all, Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of big names, too, as well, and we're talking about Hollywood and all that stuff and the big names, there was a big name that got traded this week. Jalen Ramsey, you got your wish. You're leaving Jacksonville. For LA. You're going to L.A. You're going to the bright lights. You're going to the big city of L.A. And Jalen Ramsey, it's a perfect fit for him because he loves marketing himself. He loves do, being different. Money. But my question is, is it going to be helpful? Is it going to hurt or is it going to help the Rams' future? Think about this. It's the last time they're gonna have, they've had a number one pick. Was and it will continue. Was Jared Goff. Was Jared Goff. They will not have a number one pick until 2022. Think about that. We always talk about how great first-round picks are, and multiple teams now have first-round picks, and how we need first-round picks. Now the Rams are just like, screw it. Just throw them out the window. First round for you. First round pick for you. Everyone's a first round pick. Take it all. That's what Les Need and Sean McVay and the Rams organization. They want guaranteed players that they know that can make an immediate impact. Is, that, this is, is that what it's about? So Do you, you like that? So Do you like that? So here's your question. Do you like that, though? I think in the short term, it's a beneficial move for the Rams. Mm -hmm. It makes their defense better. Marcus Peters, they got rid of. He was not the same player that he was he yeah. for the Rams. Tlaib goes on IR this, this week. So they have no secondary, really. Mm -hmm. Jalen Ramsey is one of the three best corners in all football. One of the best defensive players. When his mind is right yeah. and when he's all in yeah. mentality, he's one of the best defensive players in all football. You can the size, speed, physicality, hands, athleticism. He's a remarkable corner. Yeah, There's not many guys ever that are built like him. And it's going to make their defense really good short term. But I think in the long run, it's going to hurt the Rams. I said it to you. I think they gave up way too much. You give up two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. And I'm not saying he's not a special talent mm -hmm. because he is. But I, I tried to compare it to the Odell Beckham thing. So Giants got what? A first round. They got Jabil Preppers. Mm -hmm. And they got the, uh, the third-round pick as well. And the third-round third round pick. So in a way, in the, do you, I, 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 I want to like, look at this way. No, do you? Let me Jabil ask you Preppers this. is considered a first-round pick, so you get a safety. I'm wondering Let me where the mindset is of the Rams. Let me intervene. That's what I'm going to ask you. And you said the all-in approach, like the guarantee. Do you like, do you like a team like what the Rams are doing? How they're trading away all their first-round picks, their future for guaranteed players. I don't instead because you're still going to pay him. Instead of keeping your first-round picks. And taking that chance, you don't know how first-round picks are going to get. You know what Ramsey is. You know what Donald is. You know what Goff is. You know what Gurley is. You well, know it what is Gurley now. You know, I mean, Gurley with the injury. Here's my thing. Could've... How are you going to pay what I'm everyone? To say. How do are you, you like? Get... Do you like? No, I don't. Okay. I don't because you're you're going to have a bunch of guys like Aaron Donald and Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks and Jalen Ramsey. Well, Jalen Ramsey is going to eventually get paid. You're going to have all these six or seven guys, Gurley, they're going to make big, big money. They're going right? to pay, they're okay, gonna they're pay gonna, them. You're going to have superstars at certain levels, right? But the rest of your team, 
because we know football is not about one or two players. Like, if this was the NBA, you could have two Supermax contracts and then a bench, bunch of guys that come off the bench and shoot threes and do – and just, hey, this guy's going to be a rebounder for us. This guy's – that's not how it works. You need balance. If we've seen anything, look at the New England Patriots. Not a bunch of high-price players, mm-hmm. right? It's a team mentality. we got to budget everyone else. You know, Tom Brady could be making $40 million a year, but he's not because it would hurt the value of the team. The Rams, we've seen it. You pay Gurley, you can't you can't pay an offensive lineman. You pay this guy, you can't pay another guy. You know, you can pay Donald, you can pay Dante Fowler, and you can pay this guy and that guy, but you lose Sue. And I think but, Sue is a big loss that we've not talked about with the Rams this but year was it because really, of the run the, defense. But the question they can't, it, they can't. It's not about how bad their defense is. Not about this. Is it smart to go all in with this approach and? Another year. I, I Another year I out. I understand where the Rams are coming from, though, in this it's sense. It's a different team. They understand that this team has to win now. They, I think the way they're built is to win now. They've, they've, yes, they have different players, but the same result has been they've traded their first-round pick since 2016. They're not going to have it until 2022. That's six years or seven years worth of not having a first-round pick. So you're hoping. Well, it's three more You're years. hoping with this core of Donald of Gurley, Goff, Cooks, um, Jalen Ramsey, and you still have to play Cooper Cup. You're still going to have to pay Robert, Robert Woods. Wood. You're going to have to pay these guys. And don't forget, we've been we've been harping on this all year. You still have the offensive line that you have to take care of. You, If you want to be successful. Well, they're not going to be able to sign what, any big-time free agent. But, exactly, but from what we've seen the past couple of weeks, Ted, and how we always talk about offensive line and how it's the deciding factor. Can I? Can I really? Are they going to? Are they going to be able to pay for their offensive line and keep their franchise quarterback, their hopeful franchise quarterback, healthy? The way I look at it is the way, what the Giants did three years ago. Remember when they signed the defensive players? Yeah. Went all in. With Jenkins. Yeah, Jenkins. Yeah, got you an eleven win season. That's it. And got you the playoffs. And it was an all in approach. Yeah. But how did it work out in the long run? Yeah. That's the way I'm just I'm thinking and about it now. And this is even more. This it. is even diff, big, a bigger difference because of who they're bringing in. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's one of the most polarizing guys in the NFL. He's great, but people can't stand him because of the way he gets into people's heads. He he loves to talk. He loves to chat. He's gonna get in your head. And now you have you're going to L. A. where there's a lot of big heads around there. Now. Eric, we- but you got veterans. Eric Weddle is, is, a, is a is a veteran. Calais Campbell was a veteran guy. too. Calais Campbell was a veteran too, and he was a respected guy around the league. How'd that turn out? You can't control. Co- certain what about play? coaching? Maybe can't. McVay can. Maybe yeah, young you, guy. Maybe instead of Doug Marone, maybe there's a little bit more respect there. Wade I'm, Phillip, I'm, Wade we don't Phillips know. as a D coordinator. Maybe yes, you are right about maybe that. Maybe that, but. How can you control all these per- different personalities? And he hasn't gotten paid yet. That's what I'm trying to see, is how are you going to control all these personalities? And you add in Jalen Ramsey to the crew. This is a guy a year ago that said Jared Goff was overrated. And we went through all the quarterbacks list and bashed him. That's your teammate now. I'm just saying that it's nice. It looks it looks great. Because it's oh you get a, one of the best corners one of the best defensive players in the game We're, add that to Donald if it doesn't that, pan out they can always flip him for another first round pick down the road because you can always you, you can flip him before it's one of the most valuable play. positions in all football if it doesn't pan out for the rest of the season and maybe they're early next year you flip him for a first round you get the first round back and the Rams just, need help the Rams him. need help they saw a glaring hole in 
a glaring need in that defense. They needed something because that defense has. And been, they have to make an immediate impact because you look at that division. That defense. Just look at that division. The Seahawks are five and one. The, the 49ers are undefeated. They're falling behind. They needed to make a move. Now we know why they traded Marcus Peters. Now we know why they traded. Oh, they also got the kid Corbett from the um, Austin Corbett. Austin Corbett from the who was a who was a second round pick just two years ago. For the, the Browns. Browns got rid of him. Just did, like but that. He didn't make. He wouldn't make the starting roster. Well, guess what? They're gonna go get off. They get offensive line help. And I they just want to know where they where those, and they get, where's this money. And they from? get a shutdown corner and one of the best in the game. Just trying to say that you've got some impactful nice, players. It's on nice to have now. But what we've seen from teams like the Philadelphia Eagles back in the day, the Giants go all in. You could go all in. How is it going to play out? Two or three, four years from now, are these guys all still going to be on the same team? If not, then it was an all-in approach that failed miserably for the Rams. And they need a lot of help. That's the thing. They need help because right now they are falling behind, and they're falling behind fast because Seahawks look good, and the, and the, the 49ers, my goodness, they've looked woo, nasty. We're going to be talking about them in a couple minutes too about that. Yeah. We're going to be talking about them. How they Are they maybe that team in the East Coast, Jimmy G, similarities, a young coach, Kyle Shanahan, We'll talk about that all as well. But let's get into, we've been talking quarterbacks. We talked Patty Mahomes. We talked big names. We talked future. We've been talking future. Well, guess what? This Sunday, the two first picks, quarterbacks, I should say, that were drafted in this past draft, or guess what? Are playing against each other. And who would have thought a year ago that Kyler Murray would have been the number one pick and Daniel Jones would have been the number six pick for the New York Giants and those would have been the top two quarterbacks coming out of last year's draft class. Everybody probably would have assumed it would have been Herbert. Probably you would have thought Herbert a year ago was coming out and he decided to stay. So now you have Kyler Murray versus Daniel Jones. You get the electrifying and the, the mighty man, the mighty guy of Kyler Isn't Murray. The mighty mouse? The mighty, yeah, mighty mouse. The guy that's Made this Arizona team actually fun to watch. This was the worst team in football last year, the Arizona Cardinals. They're actually they were, not a bad team. They this were year. putrid. There was no reason for them to even be on TV. I remember they played on the Thursday night football game last year against the Denver Broncos and lost like 45 to like seven. It was an embarrassment. You get this guy, 5'9, everybody's bashing him. Look at the Arizona Cardinals right now. They're fun to watch. They've won two games in a row right now. They're fun to watch. They're two, three, and one. But they're fun to watch. This offensive Cliff Kingsbury is working for Kyler Murray. You know what the thing is? And then the you biggest get, thing I've, I was just watching on Twitter the other day, well, you, I've noticed the biggest thing is Cliff Kingsbury is going to a more of a normal offense. At first, they were coming out four wide receivers, like, yeah. you know, like college, four yeah. receivers, one running back, no tight ends. We're going to throw the ball around. That's not how the NFL works. you got to get the tight ends involved. you got to have third um, – they call it 11 personnel. Yeah. One tail it's back, like the one basic, tight end. It's like the Three basic receivers. one everybody uses. Wait, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, they got playmakers. Anthony Isabella, the kid from UMass, the small kid, he was ran like what, the 4-3. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's fast. Kyler Murray, the offense, they're running the ball. I mean, if you have David Johnson in fantasy this year, listen, the guy's come back to where he was two, three years ago. He's he's starting to roll. I mean, he's I, I got him in one of my other fantasy leagues. He's almost 18 points a week. But think about this matchup. Listen, the, and, and then— Coming into the year—hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get—coming into this year, the Arizona Cardinals— we thought they were going to be the worst team again in football. I don't know about They're that. Not the I don't know about that. Look at what Kyler Murray's done. Two teams that we thought are going to be vying for maybe a number one pick again this year, the Giants and the Cardinals. And both of their futures look a lot different than it was 
three, four months ago. Because we didn't know what these... These guys were two of the biggest question marks coming into the season. Oh, absolutely. Because we didn't know if Daniel Jones was actually going to be the starter. I mean, we were picturing, oh, Eli's going to start for a seven, eight weeks. This is when we thought Daniel Jones was originally going to start. We were... Well, we I, were, I, thought after we the were bye, thinking, I thought after the bye week. We were thinking, okay, maybe week seven he comes in. Giants are at two and four right now. We put him in. Okay, here it goes, Daniel Jones. He's been playing. He's looked great. And then Kyler Murray. These are two teams, like I keep saying... We thought had no hope. Now look at them. They got a new a new system, quarterback, and something different, especially the Giants. And look what the Giants are doing. So you get the electrifying Kyler Murray, the mighty mouse, against plain old Jane Daniel Jones. Yes, he can move in the pocket, but the guy is Eli Manning that can just run. Just look at him. Everything is the exact same. Just the way he handles himself, the way he conducts himself every time he goes out onto the field, off the field. And he's a, t- and he's, and he's a tough SOB because uh, he's taking he, a, he's he's taking taking some a shots and he stood, take, yeah. right, stood right in there and made the correct throws. Listen, this is all – we've talked about this with the Giants. This is all about a learning process. This is all about building toward the future, right? Yeah. This is what we – I mean, you got to think about it. You might have the most two electrifying players on the field this weekend in Kyler Murray and Saquon Barkley. Now, Barkley might be coming back this week. He I'm interested. Now, I don't want to rush it. Yeah. You know, that's something – listen, not. it's future – but I, I think I'm gonna tell you one thing. I think Daniel Jones has a better game than Kyler Murray. That's that's one of my bold predictions that Daniel Jones will outplay Kyler Murray this week. I think the Giants. I think the reason why I say that, I think James Betcher has a little something to prove. Former defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. And they got a bad offensive line. They also line. got Antoine Bethea, the safety, who was on the Cardinals last year. Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden, who the Giants got from the Cardinals. So there's a you know there's there's gonna be a little. They want. They're gonna have a, a little tension. Yeah, not tension. I would say more like they're just gonna. They want to play a little, ta- a little, a little more because they're playing their former team. A little more team. oomph. You know, a little more oomph, oomph. You know? So Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray. I'm excited to see this matchup because two different types of styles of play. I see a big game from Daniel Jones. You didn't have to whisper that. If you haven't seen our show so far, you can check us out as well on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes as well. Check us out, Keys of the City. You can follow us on YouTube check as well. Snapchat. You, can che- you, can te- you can check out Ted on Snapchat if you want, I guess. Just, you can also follow Ted Zietz as well. If you love food, go check out Ted Zietz as well. But Daniel Jones. Yeah, go back Kyle- for that t- two-foot sub last night, that steak and cheese. That was the, only, that was the great part about last night. Oh, that <laughs> sub was so good. Steak and cheese. That's all I wanted. You know what would be nice? I want, to see, I, want to see a giant, I want to see a giant victory. I do, too. I want to see a giant victory. I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, this is one of the few matchups, the many matchups, I should say, this week. There's a lot of quarterback. A quarterback. I mean, you get Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you get Wentz and Dak. That's the one everybody is always curious about because there was always matchups. I, I like the up. matchup of the Packers and Raiders. How about Darnold versus Brady on Monday night? I told you the Jets. Everybody want to say the Jets were horrible. Sam Darnold... Look how much for look how look at their offense change like that. Just saying, they practice. They had a third string, a practice squad quarterback for a couple weeks. Everybody thought the Jets were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. Relax, people. They had Luke Falk. He's nice, but he's not going to be anything great. Nice. He's nice. He he's a nice, nice. guy. He's a nice guy. That's all I'm giving him. I, I don't give, even know. I give you crew cut. Give me a crew cut. Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones. You think Kyler Murray is getting outplayed by Daniel Jones? I do this week. I think Daniel Jones is going to prove Giants. Why he hasn't given us any uh, any excitement yet? Has he not given us excitement? Oh, yes. 
He he has. He has. Has he? Has he? You don't seem too excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> Listen, I'm still in, I'm still in the dungeons from last night. Okay. We're gonna a, get it into was, it. It was all. a long game. We're gonna get into all of it. A, I mean, we had lunch. We had pregame. We were at the game. <laughs> we had drinks. Okay. I didn't get home till two o'clock in the morning. It was a late night. You were sleeping on the train ride home like this. We'll talk, a, we'll talk. We'll talk. Let, let's talk all. We'll talk all about that with you. But this weekend, listen. You were right, Trevor. Yeah, listen, 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 <laughs> listen to me. I love it. I love Today's it. So give me what you got. Say it. I'm just excited for this weekend of football. There's a lot of great matchups. You said it, Trev. And and there's very important games coming this week. I, the Saints Bears game is a big. Oh, game. that's another one. That's another huge game. It's the four o'clock game on Fox. You know, as Giant fans, we're excited about the Murray and the DJ game. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to the Raiders and Packers. Raiders coming off a bye. They had the big win against the Bears in London. You know, can the Packers build a little, you know, off of Monday night's game? Can they build a little flow to Can they get a winning streak? Listen, the NFC right now is, is nip and tuck. You know, you got the Saints with one loss. You got the 49ers. They're undefeated right now. The Packers, they've already beaten the Cowboys. This is where they can start putting, you know. Get What's a, your most intriguing matchup this week? And who are the Vikings playing? The Vikings play some Oh, the Lions. I, I, who, that's a big what, matchup. What's your week. most intriguing matchup before we get into our next thing? Other than the Giant game? Yeah. The Sunday night game. The Cowboys-Eagles. Just because I want to, you know, uh, the, we talked about this the other day. Oh, the Cowboys are the greatest thing. <laughs> you know, and then the Eagles, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, <laughs> Red River, you know. Uh, Listen, both teams have played like garbage this year so far. The Eagles, they look good. Then, the, I mean, they got crushed home against Detroit. Then they go win in, in Green Bay, come back victory. You know, then last week, they, I don't know what to make of them. The they, NFC, they're, they're secondary. The, they can't guard anyone. The Cowboys, they, they're dealing is, with injuries. How about this? Dak, I'm, I'm, it, it, how about this? Dak hasn't been paid how yet. How about this? I'm gonna and he's proving that I'm gonna, he's not worth the money. I want to close this argument about the NFC is in that matchup. Garbage. Yeah. The Washington Redskins are only two games back. The Giants are talking about the Giants winning the division. Relax, people. Pump the brakes. If the Giants get to the playoffs this year and win the NFCs, I will shave my head. <laughs> I shave my head. Is that something I should be uh, worried about? All honesty? <laughs> because of the Giants? I won't shave it bald. Our producer, our shave- producer Nate is just shaking his head. Why, Nate? You don't, you don't agree? You don't like it? You're not I'll, Nate, Nate will come on the show and shave it for us. It's all, it's, I'll give you the clippers, and you can just go. Eh. Not bald. No, 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 not just bald. like stubble. Crew, crew cut, like my mom used to give you back in the day when you were like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of looking nice and pretty, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Boy, oh boy, where has this come from? We've been waiting for this for a couple of years. Everybody's been. This is what was supposed to happen last year. Maybe not. This undefeated. was a team that people were high on. I was like, ah, you know, I'm not buying into it yet. Jimmy G, I'm not buying into it. But ladies and gentlemen, look at the San Francisco 49ers. They go into LA and they beat up on the Rams. They took. They take care of business. They've taken care of business. This defense. And I said, Are, could they be the Patriots a 2.0? Look. The Patriots took a chance on this guy, a younger guy named Bill Belichick, a defensive coordinator, defensive mastermind for the New York Giants. Took a chance on him. Yeah, he went to the Jets, didn't like it, okay? He went to the Patriots. They took a chance. San Francisco 49ers need a new regime, need a new coach, need a new, need a, new uh, a spark. Guess what? They went after a young man named Kyle Shanahan, an offensive guru, an offensive genius. And look, who, look how he's played out. Oh, also... They also traded for a guy. You know, you know the story. 
San Francisco 49ers trade for a guy named Jimmy G from the New England Patriots. They have a 94% chance to make the playoffs right now. Really? 49ers. Wow. Preseason playoff chances, they were 30.8%. They're at 94% right now. Listen, this team... Hold I on, mean, I'm trying... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What are you saying over there? I don't know what the hell. <laughs> the 49ers, you look at what they're doing on both sides of the ball right now. They have a great balance of running the football... But they have a good quarterback right now. You playing, to, he's playing smart. He's not ca- causing any turmoil. He's playing. He's doing the right thing. And you're putting a good, a perfect system around you him. You know what this and does? Kyle Shannon. And then look at the defense. The defensive line. All those first round picks are starting to pay off. Buckner, Armstead, Bosa. Who else am I missing? Oh, Solomon Thomas. They're all starting to pan out now. D Ford as well. They are getting to the quarterback, and it reminds me of the New England Patriots. Well, you because you, they, have, they have six first round Solomon Thomas you know, as well. But I also say this is like the Patriots when they first started. You know what this because reminds- when the Patriots, when the <laughs> you're gonna wait. They had the young coach in Belichick. They have the young coach in Shanahan. They have a quarterback that's still unknown. The Patriots had an unknown quarterback in Brady when they first started. They took a chance on Jimmy G. He got injured last year. Guess what? He came in. He comes in this year. Didn't look good in preseason. He's looked great so far. And then their defense, just like the Patriots defense back in the day, they get to the quarterback, cause turnovers, and make your life a living hell, whether it's on a Thursday, Monday, or Sunday. It didn't matter what day of the week. The San Francisco 49ers, just like the New England Patriots, for the past 20 years, have made teams Sundays a living hell. And that's what they're doing currently. So are the 49ers... The Pats 2.0. I got a better one for you. Give me it. I Give me a better I one. I think they're the 49ers 2.0 of the Harbaugh years. When they were winning football games, I only say they, they're hold different. On. I only when they were winning different. football games, yeah. they were dominating both sides of the line of scrimmage. Okay. Offensive line yeah. and defensive line. Mm-hmm. They were running the football. Harbaugh was the go- offensive guru. He wasn't a defense guy. He's an offensive. That's the Kaepernick system. Yeah, no. But they were dominating the offensive line, running the football, and then their defensive line was ferocious. They had a but great. They had it. Alden Smith, Justin Smith, um, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. Bowman, and, and they signed this year. They signed Quan uh, Alexander from Tampa yeah, Bay, the yeah. linebacker. Yep. They got six first-round draft picks on the D line, and they're all clicking. But that's what the Patriots. And listen, that's what the Patriots have done. They've dominated on the, in the trenches. When they win their games, they're winning inside yeah, the but trenches. They don't have the. They're they rushing, didn't have the same defensive line but as the. That's 40. true. Uh, come they on, had they, the, se- the secondary. And Belichick's schematics and schemes, who do they have back? They haven't had a big-time defensive line. Seymour was really good. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. Ninkovich was really good. It was an outside linebacker. He was a pass rusher still, though. They've had great pass rushers. They've they've dominated. When the Patriots win football games, they are dominating inside the trenches. They are running the football and have a good, balanced attack. That's what this 49ers have right now offensively. Think about about the injuries they have. And that's what they have defensively right now, just like the Patriots. They have dominated defensively, just like the Patriots have dominated defensively. They have a young coach, like the Patriots did, in Bill Belichick. And they have a quarterback that is starting to play the way they expected him to be. The guy that they paid $137 million. And they are winning inside the trenches, and just like the Patriots, ideally. They haven't had to win shootout games yet. They've dominated. You don't need to when you're dominating. I know, but Jimmy G hasn't had to win a game for them yet. You don't need to when when your defense is... I know that, but I'm saying he hasn't done that yet. I know, but who cares? Eventually, he's going to have to win them some games. Eventually, especially in the playoffs. Eventually, but teams are going to have to try... And here's the other thing. 
you got to think about what the 49ers are also dealing with. They've lost both of their offensive tackles, and Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley this season. Mm -hmm. They also lost Gerald McKinnon again, but they have so many young running backs. Jalen Hurd, they lost their safety, Jimmy Ward, very good Pro Bowl player. Mm -hmm. They also lost, and I think one of the most impactful players, and we don't ever think about it, is the fullback, Kyle Juchek. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. He's the highest paid fullback by far. Remember, he got a and huge people contract. People know their fullbacks are still getting paid nowadays. Well, he's the only one that's really. But they have been the most impressive team so far this season, yeah. I think, because I'm not surprised by the Patriots. You just the said Patri- you want to see them. You want to see Jimmy G win out in a shootout. How about how about one of these teams figure out this defense? Because none of these teams. We just thought the Rams. All oh, the Rams are going to give them a true test. Rams couldn't do anything. Jared Goff had 78 yards of passing. Franchise quarterback. He's supposed to be one of the young guns of the future of the new NFL, of the new day and age of quarterbacks. He had 78 yards on this defense. You tell me, oh, why do we have to worry about a shootout if I'm Kyle Shanahan, if I'm Jimmy G? Why do I have to worry about a shootout when my defense is dominating for 60 minutes of the game and I don't need to? Because sometimes your defensive game, you don't have a... Well, I haven't seen it yet. And until somebody proves me wrong, then they don't need to. You don't need to worry about that. You know what, Tess? I'm I'm ready for when they have to go to Seattle. That, that would be yes, a true test. I, mean, I can't wait for that matchup. I'm I can't for wait for real tests. Yeah, you want to because I haven't seen the Patriots get really tested. And the only game, the closest game they got tested was the Bills game. I can't believe you still mentioned the Patriots getting tested. They've been they, doing for twenty years. I know, but we're talking about now. We're not talking about twenty years ago. We're talking about now. It doesn't matter. They're still going to be fine. They still have Belichick. They still have Brady. They still have the offensive line. Even though they get injured, they have a lot of injuries. But that's, guess what? If there's one team that literally says the next man up, it's the New England Patriots. So let's stop saying, oh, we're going to see from this Patriots team if they can handle themselves. Give me a break. Stop. Let me get the violin and keep hearing that for the next 10 years too. I mean, what, how, when are we going to stop? Stop talking well, about Well, then the I pick. need to see you prove it from Jimmy G then. Oh, that's fine. That's different because this team, we haven't seen anything yet from them. We've seen a small dose of their games. And their division and, and, is and, tough. Yes, of course. But we've seen a little sample of how good they could be. Let me see it for the rest of the year out. Let me see it next year. Let me see it two or three years from now how good because they are. He, he, that's what I care about. I don't care about right now. I want to see in January. You can make the legit argument they have the worst quarterback in the division. You can make the argument that... You're G- telling me Jimmy could, G is the worst quarterback in the division? You could make an argument that Kyler Murray, talent-wise, no. is a better quarterback and Jared Goff, been to the Super Bowl, went him to the Super Bowl... You could say Jared Goff might be better than Jimmy G. What is Jimmy G? Now, we're not even going to put... We know what's like. We know Russell Wilson's, Wilson's number one. So you could make the argument, talent-wise, okay. Kyler Murray oh. might be the most second-most talented quarterback in that division. And Jared Goff's already led his team to the Super Bowl. So you can make the argument, what has Jimmy G done? Now, you, you I know somebody's going to say that they have the best samples of quarterbacks. But they might have the best team. And really, that's what it comes down they to. Have the mo- they might have the most complete team in the, t- in the league. And guess what? I said it last week, and you didn't want to give him credit yet. I said, okay, so let me ask you this again. Where do you put the 49ers right now? In the NFC or in the power rankings? Um, not even power. Would you say they're the best team in the NFC right now? No. Okay. I'll still take the Saints. Okay. I'll take the Saints 1, 49ers 2 right now. Okay. And that's still knowing that I'm going to have Drew Brees back. Seahawks 3, Packers 4. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, yes. how, that's how good the NFC has been. Yes. Just think about that. Both of those teams are combined 10 and 2. 
Just think about that. How good the NFC? That, disappointment. I mean, we're talking about good teams. There's a there's a couple. My biggest dis- disappointment. A couple and, and, disappointment. And, and, you, and you, it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Really? Atlanta Falcons. Yes, because every year I fall into the trap of this team's got Julio and Matt Ryan and Devontae Freeman and, and who Calvin doesn't? Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, Austin Hooper. They signed. They drafted two offensive linemen in the first round that was going to help the offensive line and protect Matt Ryan. They're going to run the football. They're going to. They have all these offensive. Who's right about them? Me, I'm always right I about mean, that. Why, listen, do you, why do I not buy Dan, into him? Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, they're going to be healthy again on defense he's this year. Done. He's done. They have Keenan Neal, who's supposed to come back, but then he gets injured, injured again. again. He's done. You get, you get the linebacker. He's mine's back. Very, you, mine's you, very You have simple. the defensive lineman. You have Vic Beasley. They're, this team is way too talented to to, to be one in whatever. What are one in five. One in five. You're giving up 53 points to Houston. I know Houston's good, but not 53 points. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Mine's very simple. I think it's... It's the Chargers. I mean, this is a team we were expecting. Why I say the Falcons not? Because I know what the Falcons are. They're they're a seven or eight win team. I don't care how talented they are. I'm just not. I'm not buying into them. I've never bought into them. I'm never going to. Even when they got to the Super Bowl that year, I just never bought into the Atlanta Falcons. And they've never recovered from that game. Just like Seattle at one point didn't recover from them losing to the Patriots. Me, it's the L.A. Chargers. I mean, this team we're expecting about possibly Super Bowl contenders. Melvin Gordon debacle, he's finally back. Their offensive line is atrocious. Phillip Rivers looks like he's taking a step back. And that's a guy that you would like to see some. Some would like to see win a Super Bowl just because he wants to get compared to Eli and Big Ben. Not anymore. The Chargers disappointing again. And they got one of the strangest matchups all week as well with the Tennessee Titans. There is some disappointment in the NFL. We always talk good, but there is disappointment. We can talk about and there's a lot more disappointing teams, but those are our two teams. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a break. When we come back, speaking of disappointment, where the hell did those New York Yankees go? Oh, my. Oh, my. We met our match. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be joined by Joe Aguirre. Keys to the city. We will be right back, folks. <laughs> Sports, we've got sports here on Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Overcrest Media presents Keys to the City. If you didn't get to check out the first part of our segment, the NFL talk, we will be talking, well, if you want to, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes as well, Facebook, check us out, Keys to the City. So let's talk about <laughs> you good yeah we never set up joe's camera it's okay we'll get it set up he's not here yet we will be joined by joe aguirre he is a little busy man right now it's like the yankees he's missing in action we're yes so yes as people some may know we went to yankee stadium last night for game four in the biggest game of the year and boy that was not what we were expecting we were expecting a at least a split right now going into a deciding game five against verland well not a deciding and, game but a best of three. We're going to a best of three tonight against one of the best in Verlander. And last night, it was an unbelievable game for the first two innings. It was fun. The crowd was electric. We were ready. But, great but for two innings, we felt good. It was one nothing. And then once the George Springer home run, it changed everything. Because you had that feeling that this offense 
was not going to get going. It hasn't been getting going. So why think with a two-run lead? Even when I did 3-1, I felt like, oh, my God, this is this, this does not well, when look you have, like when this you, does not look going bases well. When you loaded like we did in the first inning and you can't score more than one run. You there know, he is. There he is. We're going to get him. We'll get Joe's attention. I got him. So, you got him? Okay. listen, you don't score more than one run. You don't hit. I mean, we didn't get any hits. You can't win if you don't hit the ball. So, you know how there is. I mean, this team is 0 for 14 oh. with runners in scoring position. Oh, ho- horrible. Horrible. They've been horrible. The team, but the team that was the best in the regular season with runners in scoring position became the worst. Well, let me get it. Hold on. Before we even. Uh, Joe's joining us. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. It's not a, it's not a happy Friday to be talking this right now because we weren't expecting it. But guess what? Peyton Manning had Tom Brady. The Lakers had the Celtics. The Twins had the Yankees. The Yankees have the Astros. That's the Yankees' kryptonite is the Astros. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. But hold on, take. hold on, hold on. Oh. Before we even get into that, I'm sorry, but the Houston Astros... What was that? Who's your daddy? They used to oh, us, us Yankee fans used to say that the Red Sox, the Houston Astros have owned us and are our daddies. In 2015, they crapped on us. In 2017, yes, it went they seven. Won five of the last six went games seven. And then this year, it looks like could be coming to an end tonight. That is our kryptonite. We have become the Minnesota Twins, and the Houston Astros have become the New York Yankees. We can't beat the Houston Astros when it matters most. And Joe. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're here in person because all we've talked about is how great this damn bullpen is and the starting pitching we didn't need to worry about. Joe, the reason why we didn't win the past two World Series is because we didn't have starting pitching. The Boston Red Sox pitching last year was better, and they didn't need eight or nine guys with bullpen. They needed two guys. The Houston Astros have the two best pitchers in baseball. And Zach Greinke, who looked like crap in game one, still looked bad last night. We still can't get anything going. I know Tanaka's good in the postseason. Severino is a mess. I don't care what anybody says. Severino's a mess. I can't trust him being our ace for the future. And James Paxton, yeah, I'm serious. I want... What? I'm serious. What is, where's that even coming from? I'm sorry. I just don't trust Luis Severino. I don't trust him in moments like this. The Yankees have gotten beat up and embarrassed because we don't have starting pitcher, and I, we're wor- and, and we're worried about bullpen. This Why? team, this team has not gotten beaten up. If anything, I think this team's proven that the Astros aren't as good as 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 what everybody thinks. The Yankees have been in position to win all of these games. You guys mentioned that they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. That's the difference. Yeah. If they were coming through, if they were delivering. You'd be able to overlook the fact that you're getting five out of the starters or the fact that Adam Adovino sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. bad. Yeah. And, and you know, I it's mentioned so, I mentioned so... the loss of Dellen Batances and how big that would have been. And no Herman. You could have easily, you know, or and Herman, you could have easily moved Adovino out of an important role because he is, there's something wrong with that guy. I'm sure we're going to find out later on that it's some kind of shoulder something or other or whatever the case may be, but something's wrong there. But this team's been sloppy in the field. Four years last night. You know, look, I I said if the Yankees are going to beat the Astros, stupid base running. The base running's been atrocious. The off the defense has Everything been Everything has been awful. Outside of Judge. And you know what? The, the starting, starting pitch, pitch hasn't been, been bad. The highlight of the series for the Yankees so far. It's been the only thing that they've consistently gotten in every game, except for Paxton. 
But again, but, but when I've seen for the, short leash. But when I've seen from the past two years, when I've seen the Red Sox dominate the Yankees last year, I'm seeing the Astros dominate the Yankees right now. I know that, oh, well, they had runners that they've had opportunities. But they're not dominating. But they ha- but they- dominating would be if they were winning 7 nothing every night. That's not what's happening. The Yankees are getting traffic on the base paths. They're not just they're just not getting the big hit. That's on, that's and this on is, the offense. But that's also the problem. I mean, Aaron Judge has had some huge moments, and I've expected him to come through in every one of them. He's been very disappointed. I, Gary Sanchez has been awful. Encarnacion's been awful. Didi has been awful. Didi's been Stan awful. Gardner, Gio, Gio hasn't Gardner's been awful. Here's, I, the, here's the thing. You gotta, I took a picture last let's night. Let's look at this in a vacuum. I, hold this on. is a team that had over 30 guys on the IL, right? Mm. We haven't really didn't have a solid ace like all year. Like, you know, Tanaka gave you solid ace numbers. But when you look at an ace, you look at different guys. I'm sorry. Like, you think Garrett Cole, Cole. Vorlander, DeGrom, Scherzer, Strasburg, you know. Corbin, Kershaw. you could put freaking Cor- you know, Corbin you know, if you want. And I'm not knocking our guys. But, like, I feel like we have all twos. We have, like, Paxton's a good is – a, is, a, is a number one two. You know, Tanaka's a great two. Herman's a great two. But you don't have – like, you're not holding the ace in the hole, like the ace of spades. We have a great bullpen. What we talked about before, led the league in runners in scoring position with batting average. We don't hit now. All of a sudden, we don't hit. Everything has gone wrong. Four errors last night. You don't run the base paths right. Your bullpen don't make a difference this if you're is, never in the league. This is what happens when you come up now, with, when you face now, good here's pitching. The thing. You saw it last year. Hold on, let me, yes, it's nice. to. Yeah, we love seeing the home runs. Nationals but this had is the not worst about, bullpen. But it's not about home runs in postseason. It's about getting on base well, and scoring in clutch situations. So, and just like last year, the New York Yankees yeah, the Astros, haven't done that. The Astros haven't had a, a very well-pitched game by any of their starters so far. Verlander, pretty, Verlander pretty pitched pretty well. Pretty good, too. But to not, pretty but, good. But, to, but, but, but not looked, as good. But, but well, right. But the Yankees made a guy who's been unbeaten since May look pretty but rough. But that's the scary they had, part. They had chances. Look. That's the scary part. A, a hit falls in here or there all of a sudden. I mean, th- this whole series could be different. Oh, absolutely. I mean, th- where DJ, remember the, uh, DJ getting thrown out at home? Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Bad base, base running. He, here's the way I look at it. When the Yankees were a great team in the 90s, they had great starting pitching because this is what? They would go six innings, yeah. and then it was over. It was seven, eight, nine, game over. Yes. All right? 100%. But here's the thing. We didn't – I think the Yankees have to reevaluate our offense. I Okay. It was dynamic. You hit 300 home runs. But to win in the playoffs, it's not about the power. It's about contact hitting – and starting pitching. When just the Yankees, ask, just ask like, the Brochers couldn't hit anything during a regular season, but postseason, he'd be able to get two out hits. I'm sorry, but this is another time for Sanchez where he has failed in the postseason. And I and he's great, Joe. I'm I'm not knocking him. Oh, yeah. He's, you he is the best me. catcher, but you can't I don't have the numbers in front of me, in but the, when I looked season. at the Tuesday's game, he he had less than a 150 batting average in the in the postseason. Last night he had a 087 oh, okay. batting average until the home run. Yeah. Until the home run. Well, uh, other than the home run, he's looked lost. Okay, so uh, him and Edwin, I, I don't know who's been more lost, him or Encarnacion. Stanton, I think the Yankees have to reevaluate Stanton too. I know it's. What are we gonna like? Look back in two more years and just be like, what if? If is this another injuries? Is this another Ellsbury? You know, I with mean, Stanton. I, I think he's hard. been dealing with so many injuries. I'll chalk this up to a bad year. If he if he plays less than 120 games next but year, the, let's revisit. But they're this not. Topic. They are not. Sanchez. I said something to Trevor the other day, and I know you would think I'm out of your mind. And I know the Mets wouldn't do it. 
But I would, if the Yankees were serious, right? And I just said, think about this for next year. The Yankees have a good, really good backup catcher. And their lineup is dynamic one through nine. Maybe you call across the river and say, hey, Mets, you give me Syndergaard or DeGrom, either one. I think they would rather give up Syndergaard than DeGrom. We'll give you Sanchez. Now you have that ace with Tanaka number two and Paxson your number three and Herman going number four. Where's Severino? And Severino. He's now, your fifth guy now. now. That's where you want and, him, and I think. Now here's That's the thing. I would now think I'd about him in the that rotation going forward. You're not losing anything in the office. You still have Judge and Sand and Torres and yeah. But and, think and about Tua. again. I, you know, I'm we, just saying. We talked about when the Yankees got Edwin Encarnacion. Everybody was like, "Where are you going to play him?" I mean, and look how things turned out. Now you're at the point where you're relying on that guy and he's not hitting. I mean, that's how bad things have gotten. No so, one's no one's hitting. Look, there's been opportunities for these guys to move runners over and, and to do something. Garner things. not bunting against, the other day. Right. The first I mean, again, why is Boone you're not You're facing bun- some of the best pitching in baseball. You're going to have to do some things a little unconventional Are you the if you want to win. Or the coach? Well, I mean, again, look, it, it's it's bad management on, on Boone's part. But then again... Are these guys not capable of doing certain things? Peanut gallery. That, that seems to be the problem. Well, come and bring him in. Get the peanut gallery. Does he want to come in? No, I think he's got to go to the bathroom. Something I did not plan for, and I don't think he knows where it is. You want to go show him? Go show him. Hey, could you just point him out to the bathroom <laughs> so we can... We've got a bathroom break on Keys of the City. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. That's what the. It seems like that's what the Yankees... I, I don't it think, seems look, like that's I what the Yankees are doing. I don't think they need a complete overhaul. I, I really don't. I mean, but look, they're capable hitters. There's uh, Think about the, the when, when Altuve went the other way mm-hmm. uh, with Correa on base. I mean, just smart stuff like that. All things considered, if you take out the mistakes the Yankees have made, the, the crappy bullpen performances out of Adovino... There's no, I mean, no, I know. You can blow this whole thing up and you can blame Stanton and you can blame Boom and not Bunning. I mean, but they haven't played clean. They haven't played smart. And and against a team like Minnesota, you get away with it. You could get away with it. And they, but they played perfectly. So they weren't, they weren't able to see what it would be like. See, you were, and I, listen, I would have picked Houston. If I'm not a Yankee fan, I would have picked Houston to win the series. I thought they were a better team. I thought the only thing that could hurt them was their bullpen, but then I look at the numbers. The you want to play the numbers game. Bullpen their bullpen was better than the Yankees. Now, you can make the argument, Ted, well, they only have to go two or three innings every night, so what? The, of course their numbers are going to be better when Yankees got to go six innings every night in the bullpen. If you compare bullpen innings, I guarantee the Yankees have thrown twice as many bullpen innings oh, as the Astros, but their bullpen guys have been lights out. They have been. All three of their guys have been lights out. The long ball. Okay, du- their starters give them six, and they have been... I'm going to make... They have better hitters than the Yankees. I disagree C- with that. Complete hitters. Disagree. C- Altuve's a better contact hitter. He's just as good as then DJ, who? if not better. Everybody? Better contact hitter than anyone else. He's on the, the best contact hitter in the series. Correa, Springer, they're all better hitters. Springer's a better hitter than Hicks, if we're going position by position. Guriel's a great hitter. Bregman's Correale, better than Do right field now. Judge is the do only catcher. one. Do catcher. I mean, come on. Oh, you can't say right now because our catcher has been non-existent. Stop. Look, our catcher's it, been non-existent, it's, Joe. It's four games. But it's the, four games. The most There's impactful three games, games to go. What's the chance? What are we saying? Red so- what are we saying? That the Red- this is Red I Sox mean, all over again? There's no reason why the Yankees can't win the next two games and at least force a game seven. If I'm Houston, They've been in every game. If I'm Houston, all you got to do is beat Verlander or Cole once in this series and, and win against Grant. I mean, this was the mistake the Yankees made. Now, obviously, they're, they're forced to go out there and beat both of those guys. 
And all you got to do They're is gonna go to Cole for seven, and all you gotta do but is, they can do it. And yeah. all you got to do is go to the gas station and get a lotto ticket, and you could be a billionaire. That's too. right. And but the, what are the chances of that simple. happening? What are the chances? Here's the thing. If I'm Houston, and if they don't win tonight, I'm going Verlander and Cole. I'm going Cole right in game six. Not waiting until seven. They're not going to do it. They won't do it. They should. Why? It would be stupid. God forbid you lose. All the momentum would be You think he Cole's losing at home? Yes. In a clinch out? Yes. But he could. I'm now, here's the thing. I, I, just, I don't, th- I don't I just think it'll happen. I can't. I mean, listen. All of a sudden, the Yankees bats are going to be. I understand that the, things are bleak right now. Things are. Listen, They're bleak. I, it doesn't look I, good. I will tell you one. The Yankee fans last night, they're idiots. Okay. Yeah, Yankee fans. And are, they, are, they are rude. And, yeah, Yankee fans are cruel. not. Listen, I'm listening to report that they, one guy got ejected. Yes. Because he was bashing Grinky because he had anxiety, Dude, depression. We were watching stuff. Yankee fans just yell at Astro fans. Like, they're like, oh. You guys B- saw bandwagons. Yeah. Where have you been? And I'm like, dude, you sound like an idiot. You're losing. We're getting embarrassed. And I'm just and watching uh, fans last night, Yankee fans. And I'm just like, well, that's guys are you guys are oblivious to the real. Thing. Yeah, there's never. I mean, there's never a reason to be a belligerent. Don't fan. worry. I just they're, saw. They're just I just saw on a. I just saw on a Yankee page. It's like, why haven't they brought back uh, Voight, Talkman, and Herman? I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, Herman is. On the commissioner's <laughs> list, so he he can't come back. Yeah. So good for you being a Yankee fan. He's not even allowed on on company property well, right see, now. See, here's the thing: <laughs> the Yankees were thinking if we can't put uh, Stan on the IL because then he wouldn't be available for the World Series if they brought. Talk I just this is where this they is can make I, a this difference. Why can't back with Boone? It's over I, tonight. Verlander's going to shut him down. It's going to be over tonight. Yankees are going to have to reevaluate the season, and the two best pitching staffs in baseball are going to face off in the World Series. That's you're gonna have Cole well, and Verlander. It's an obvious and testament to to how good pitching starting pitching is. That's where. That's, that's what I'm again. Like, if you no. if you look at those two teams where you've got Corbin and you've got Scherzer, names Strasburg, linked to the Yankees, yeah. and then on the other side where you've Cole, got Verlander. Cole and Verlander, and, yeah. um, and they've all been linked to the Yankees. Absolutely. So again, it, it's a good testament <laughs> four, to Brian four pitchers. Cashman. Four pitchers that will be linked up to the Yankees are going to be and the Red Sox. You know what? Their bullpen was okay last year, but they're starting pitching. Pavano was. Great sale, Pavano. Oh, not Pavano. Carl Pavano. (laughs) Porcello. Porcello. Why do you get Porcello and Pavano confused? No, but they do have same guy. (laughs) Same guy. I got overpaid. Who's the guy that got overpaid this year for them? Wasn't Pavano? Pavano was lights out for them last year. He played in the bullpen. Was it Pavano? I don't remember. I don't remember. Then he got hurt this year. That's all I'm trying to say is that remember they they signed him this year because he had such a good postseason last year. The past two years. Yeah. Yes. You guys don't remember Carl Pavano last year? He was light out. He was throwing like 97 miles an hour. Don't worry. Steve Russell will tell us. (laughs) Steve Russell will tell us. Yeah. Steve, clean that up just for us. (laughs) Yeah. Guess what? We're going to go a full decade for the first time ever. The Yankees are not going to win a World Series. Just... You look at just the past two years and the starting pitcher. I know we've we oh we don't. Cashman has to be reevaluated as a the GM. pitch. If I'm if I'm Cashman, I'm giving Cole. I don't I don't I'm giving Cole like two hundred million. Well, somebody's gonna. You might. The as Angels are going it. all in on him. Trade Stan. You know what I I don't know if you saw it too. I guess they wanted uh, Miguel and Duhar. That was the that was the holdup on Cole. Yeah. I told you. And Duhar. Frazier and, and Duhar and and he didn't want to do it. They were like, we'll take that Frazier kid, but throw in the Andujar, and it's a done deal. And they were like, no. I now look where we're at. I think Cashman has to be reevaluated. I really sometimes. Because his model of working has not worked. Joe, he didn't win with his guys. He won with the former GM's guys in the late 90s. Yeah, but what about 2009? One year, Joe, in 20-something years? You're giving us all, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and think about it. It was only because (laughs) A-Rod had an... 
look, historical playoff look, 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 season. Look. What what he's done and since he also 2015 to turn the franchise around and and to make it a competitive franchise to not blow up the budget. I mean, look, could the Yankees go out and spend like 400 million on payroll? Yeah, probably. Could they go out and, and get everybody? Yeah, if they wanted to. But is that the legacy this guy's trying to build? Obviously not. If you're going to gonna complain that this team's in the ALCS and, and they're not making it to the World Series, as reason to blow it all up, I mean, come on. Temper expectations a little bit. They went into the series, and we knew Houston was a better team. And last year, Boston was a better team. And the year before, Houston was a better team. But if team. the Yankees are one of the top two or three teams in baseball the last three years, what are we blowing up? I'm, it, I think it's no, because it's not, they, need, I, it's they not, need an ace. Just, that is obvious. I know, it's, not I just blowing, think, it's not blowing up the, the He wants thing. to trade Gary Sanchez and Stanton. Why not? Why not? They no! Are, Joe, they have they, a good enough offense. You're not going to win 100 games without those guys. Yes, I don't, not winning 100 games with Austin Romine as the starting hold catcher. Hold on, hold on. Absolutely I, not. I, I, Why? The offense I don't care about 100 enough. games because we just won 100 games the past two years and we've gotten Yo, to Here's nowhere. the other thing, too. Throw out the numbers. Throw out the, the 34 homers and the two whatever, 20 batting, whatever it is. I don't <laughs> yeah, even know. I know it wasn't anything great. What? Throw out the home runs, though. Throw out the RBI and all that other stuff. You know what you really get from Gary Sanchez, although not this week. This would be a bad example. The po- this how about week. the postseason? Let's just but his post-season. presence in that lineup is great. Of course it is. I mean, and again, compared but if you don't to do, almost if you don't every do other team, in the playoffs, it don't matter. You're you're exactly right, but that doesn't mean that he can't. I, I, my question to his you: His last at bat is a home run. Maybe that carries over today. Maybe he takes Verlander deep three times today. This is my you're, question. You're just assuming now, based on a small body of work. I disagree with how, that. How, my question is: How much no, longer do you continue to the live with three, guys who can't play in the postseason? I'm just I'm asking you as a, I think with experience, Joe. The past three years look, we've there, seen. There, look, there's a reason you started a ball. Even when you're a top prospect, even Mike Mike Trout played A ball, yeah. and then he went to Double A. And a week later, and then he went. Then up. he went to Double A, and then he went to the All Star game. You know what I mean? But it's the same thing. I think you need to get play. This is why I thought Edwin Encarnacion could be clutch because for the of Yankees because of the experience. Because he loves to hot dog it. Instead, he reminds me of Jose Mesa in the '97 <laughs> World Series, where you're like. What is is there? I don't know. He doesn't even look like he knows what's happening. It's weird. That's he why looks out of it. That's why I don't say like, why is Maben not? I mean, he at least makes contact. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe I, mix it up. I at least like that the lineup was finally he took Gardner out of the three position. Yes. I've seen three straight years of Gary Sanchez struggle in the postseason. How many more do you want to see? He's too busy trying to get the pitching staff <sighs> right. He's gotta focused get on his defense. How do you feel? about Boone when it comes to postseason. I feel like he's had... I mean, he looked great against Minnesota. Well, he's been outmanaged. Again. Fact. He's been outmanaged. Just like last year, Cora. Outmanaged. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, and that's why they lost and I don't, four and I think games. You and me and, and, and him could have managed then, the Yankees against the Twins. He's the third or fourth, maybe fifth best manager in baseball, but he keeps <laughs> running into the guys that are ahead of him. Regular, and they're regular, outdoing him. Regular season, he's one of the top three. But when it comes to postseason, I put him at the bottom. Because of just bad decision-making. No. Listen, uh, bad de- Dave you, Martinez for the Nationals didn't have to do anything that series when your first two pitchers throw no-hitters well, going Martin- into the seventh. Yeah. Dave, Dave Roberts. Okay, Dave Corbin Robert, had, Dave Corbin's the only pitcher in NLCS history to have 10 strikeouts through four innings. 
And but look, again, you could blame Boone for some of the stupid things. Boone, this has been a total team failure. The, t- the players play it's coaches coach. It's been a total I, team I, I, failure I don't li- because, look, who going into this series, who would have thought that Adam Adovino would just be completely ineffective? Well, he wasn't good just, against the Twins I, I understand that. That's what I'm saying. That's I understand how, that. That has to catch your You assume eye, right? a couple of bad outings, the guy will be fine. You keep going to the well. There was no reason. I, I I loved what happened with CC and the and him get you know walking off the mound with the with the great ovation. But you know it, it, because of the error, the inning was prolonged, and and that's the reason his shoulder was injured, and that's the way the guy had to go off. Again, just sloppy play. He CC should never have been on the roster. That was stupid. That that was that was a respect. That's all wasted. No, I, 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 but I, you're not respecting. You're trying to win a series, and you're handicapping. What the are you team. trying to do? Give He's already bad. She's already, they already brought in. Uh, Someone he's off. Yeah, done. Keller or Heller? Well, Ben Heller. Ben Heller. Who's yep. been out all year with an injury. That's the guy you definitely want in there. That's what I'm trying to say with Boone. Let's I mean, the li- how about how about the lineup? I mean, batting Gardner third, when you have possibly the best young player in baseball right now on your team batting fifth, and your best player right now. He's their best player. I really, truly, strongly believe that Glaber Torres. He wake- yes, he had the bad. He had errors. There's no perfect player. Mike Trout is uh, Mike Trout makes play bad plays. Time too. to trade everyone. Time to trade Stan Stanton and Sanchez for Mike Trout. Labor Torres is the best player, so why is he batting fifth? Please give me a reason, Boone. Uh, why Gardner is batting? Why Brett Gardner is batting going third? Because he's not going righty, 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 righty. So he wants to throw the lefty in. So then, if you're making the charge after Judge. If you want to put a lefty, put in, put in Toutman then. God bless you. So Wait, do they even have a lefty in their bullpen? Who? No. Houston? No, no they no. don't. They so do. what, what, who are you trying to confuse with that? They don't have I mean, I, that, again, this is Boone and the analytics department, like, kind of really overthinking things. Yes. Like, well, then they'll be able to bring in their right-handed relievers. Well, that's all they have, and so you're going to have to hit them regardless. It's like the Adovino thing. Chad Green, pitch great, game two. He strikes Why, the guy out, and then Ch- they take him out. Ch- no, more, start- like, more like walking or getting uh, giving up a hit or a home run. Chad Green comes in game two, pitches fine. No, I know he has a two-one lead. Guess what? Adovino comes in. See you later. Tied up, just like that. But yet, let's bring him in again for the next day because he'll be fine. But the and then the day after that, that's where I get pissed off with the decisions of I was gonna say Brett of, of Aaron Boone. Yes, he's done well. He's made good decisions. But like you said, Ted, anybody could have beat the Twins. It's not that hard to beat the Twins. We own the Twins. But when it comes to beating a team like... But gonna, when it comes to te- I'm going to have to just real quick object to a 101-win, 307-home-run hitting team. Not, and, we, and own not, the, we own the no, Twins. But that's I don't believe in that either. We own I mean, them. Not for nothing. Go, you, you mentioned the, the, that the Astros have dominated the Yankees. Yes. Right? You brought up 15. Who's, who's still around from 15? There's like three guys. Keiko was the starter for that wild card. Who's game. who's back from the seventeen team? Like seven or eight there's guys. There's, yeah. It's a different team. The Yankees but are a different team. Their main core is there. Uh, Just like the regardless, Yankees. the Yankees core is 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 better. You know what I mean? Again, the, I'm saying the guys that got thumped up in seventeen. It, it was so. Eric Judge was a rookie. Gary Sanchez is a second-year guy. This is their team now. It's a different Yankee team. It's a different Astro you team. Would ta- you would I'm ta- not going to buy into that nonsense. You knew Verlander and Cole were going to be tough. 
You know Granky's the, the best three in the freaking game. You knew it was going to be a hard series. But they, they, can't, they can't be getting thrown out of the base baths. They can't be making errors all over the place. The bullpen can't implode And you got to be clutch when, you, when the opportunity comes calling. And yes, you, when you've got bases loaded against Granky or Cole or Verlander and you don't push a run across, you're not going to win the game. I mean, because last night, That's you, you get more than one run last you, night wait, in the first you, so inning, you, you changed the whole game. You would take... Yes. You get first and second against Cole in the first two innings and you don't get any runs so you would and then take you have the base loaded, the, that's would, a problem. You yes. would take the core of the Yankees over the Astros? I would. Is the core? Who is the four? Is the, the core Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez, and who else? Like, give me a four because I got four for them. Aaron Judge, yes. Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez. Definitely. It would have to be Severino, I guess, and Sevi. Yeah, I'll take. That's my core four. I'll, I'll Who's roll their with core? That. Who's their core? Oh, are we doing just offense or their team? I mean, you got six. Deeper. You got six or seven. I mean, their guys, first two seven. pitchers have to be on their core because they've been on the team long enough. Bregman. Uh, Altuve, Bragman, Altuve, Correa, Springer, right there. Springer is. I don't know. Six guys. I mean, Correa is beat down. He's he's a shell of himself. He's not. He's had a couple he big hits, healthy, but been, he, 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 he might yeah, be but, the most talented player on their but team. But see, there you go. You're gonna throw a pass to a guy who's been hurt all year. But he's he's in I the don't play, understand But he's that. in the I'll playoffs. I'll put Severino. But I would also th- Cole's gone, so you can't you can't lump Cole into that core group because he's not. Verlander. I'd keep Verlander. Great. Verlander's yeah. like fifty. I'll take Verlander over Severino. Yeah, you would take Verlander over Severino. Is this you planning like a five-year plan to to create a? Because we're talking about core, so we're talking about the future. You would rather have an older guy like Verlander than a younger guy like Severino. That's an interesting two two, three years. Yeah, I'll take Verlander. Maybe two years, and you'll be regretting that in the last three years. But that's fine. Because what I've seen from Severino just doesn't give me any. Just the problem is their young, their young guys have come clutch in the playoffs. Correa not has been Yankees. clutch in not the playoffs. The George Springer has been clutch. Altuve, all he does is get hits and make plays, okay? Altuve, they, their core guys have done the right, and when Sanchez has been up with bases loaded, he strikes out. Judge strikes Plain out. Plain and simple. Judge strikes out. Carnos loaded. They, Carnos strikes out. There's nothing we can do about it when you strike out with bases loaded. Get a hit here, get a hit here. Different series, maybe. Yeah, but I up. tell you too. To me, the the at bats have been horrible. They don't even look good. Bats, no, at-bats. I mean uh, Sanchez and Encarnacion. Their strike. When everybody. They swing, they everybody look- seems to stand there and take strike one, and then swings at something in the dirt, and then it's trouble. Yeah. I mean, you're you're in big big trouble with those three guys when you're there. My final thing is for you, and it was one of the questions because you see the Nationals, and you see the Astros probably, World Series. Has starting pitching been the is the ultimate difference maker? Do you still believe in the playoffs? We're saying well, yeah, overall, it, through this postseason, absolutely. But I mean, from even past postseasons, would you say? I mean, you looked at Boston last year, Houston two years ago. Would you say that starting pitcher pitching has been the deciding factor to win a World if Series? If you mean historically speaking, not in the nineties. Historically, it would be yes. Would, well, you know, and it absolutely because would the be. Yankees Again, when they won their four, they had start their starting pitching was. Just as good as, if not anyone's, and I know the Braves had the three dynamic guys, but you know yep. what? The Yankees starting pitching was just as good, if not better, when it mattered in that. And then they had those two guys in the series. But you know what? Even if they didn't, Ted, it doesn't matter because the idea is, you know, generally speaking, good pitching beats good hitting. All the time. The rare time. it, You know, not, not all the time. Most of the time. And that was a rare exception. And it just happened to be with three Hall of Famers, which has really magnified what those 96 Yankees did. But. 
Yes, historically, the team with the better starting pitching is going to win. Even in an era where we've devalued starting pitching, where we've devalued wins, analytics says it's not important, but now, now it is. Now it is when it's important. Because, again, this, is, this becomes... We play a different game for 162. Then we have the postseason, which is a, a different animal. And the Yankees never seem to adjust. The Yankees never seem to change the style of play when they get into the postseason, and I think that's problematic. I think that's something that they really need to look at. If you're going to run a guy like Gardner out there and, and, and you have a situation to bunt, why wouldn't you? I wouldn't bunt so I mean, it, it, that's why. That's why if I'm a manager right now, I got to look at the Mets job as a better job than the Phillies, only in the sense that... I look at the four guys I got. I got Wheeler, I got Stroman, I got DeGrom, and I got Syndergaard. And if we can get some clutch at-bats and stop blowing leads, if we get these guys in a short series, that's going to be a very tough – because look at the Nationals. Their bullpen was the worst historically this year in all the league. But when it you came don't down need to the you don't need season, bullpen when, when you can line up Strasburg, Serger, and Corbin, one, two, three. But that's funny because then how come the Mets, who also had a terrible bullpen, they didn't did. make it? They just didn't make it. They so then, enough. is the Nationals pitching better than the Mets? No, they're hitting. They're, I, yes, it is. Their pitching is better, and their clutch hitting has been better. Their big guy in Rendon was clutch. Cano did nothing for them. That's the way I look at it. Just, I'm just I, did, and, say, and, and, I look, did say this a couple months ago. Because the, the Phillies were supposed to be a favorite, the, and they're starting pitching this year? Garbage. I did, no. say, I did say this about the Yankees to close out this. I said it a couple months ago, and I still feel this way. If the Yankees don't win a World Series this year, it would just be sad. Because of everything they had to overcome. And the way they're losing right now and the way it seems like this season's going to end is just even more, that much more adds of sadness because of just everything they've had to deal with. Absolutely. Go ahead. Are we ignoring, though, the baseball and the differential in the baseballs here in the postseason? That MLB basically swiped out. You think they did? Those, oh, you it's really? been all over the place. Uh, and, I mean, just, just take a look at some of the balls that have been hit in the series. Even look at the home runs last night. The three of them barely got out. Yeah, Correa's was a line drive. It looked, I mean, when you're at the stadium, it looks a lot like they're bombs. But Correa's, you look at Correa's, it's like, wait. Three, three bullet line drives. That's the only way those All balls. All in the same area. Are, yeah. Uh, th th those balls are not moving like they did during the regular season. Go back to the, the, the ball Didi hit to the warning track. Yep. That's what, you know, hey, that's what again, happens. Again, dirty move on baseball's part. You, you sort of sensed it in the in the twin series that maybe the ball was different. That team lived and, and died by the home run, and they couldn't get one to save their lives. And it was weird. Yeah. And look at the two teams that have, have benefited from it, the two teams with the best starting pitching. Yes. That's the best starting pitching. I know the Nationals weren't the best team, in, but other than the Dodgers in, the, in that whole in National the, League, yeah. they have the best starting. They might have the best rotation. In all baseball. I'm not going to lie. I will, be will be I will be disappointed because the way the season ended last year where the Red Sox just kind of like pushed, just literally like pushed the Yankees out All right, get out of the way. We're done And then the, the, the way this series where we win the first one in Houston and we're about to lose four straight. It's yeah. And the way they won in game one too. Seven nothing. It was a beatdown. Or down. just shut them out. It's, it's, it's Hit it in runners in scoring position. Pitching was I good. I think this is Bullpen. more disappointing than even last year's because – I was like, last year, I was like, all right, the Red Sox are really, really good. They're like historically No, this good. is sad. This, this is even more so because everything that you had to overcome. No, this is sad. To now be to, to be thrown this type of – they haven't gotten beat. They just haven't played well, and that's what's disappointing. This year, is, yeah. it's not disappointing. It's sad.
because of everything you said. Everything they disappointment overcome. could be sad. Yeah, it's a sad disappointment. Do you expect them to win tonight or no? I do. Okay. I do. I I expect I them. I expect them to win another game. I, I'll tell you what. It'd look, be fun to at least push it to seven and see what happens. They've got to clean it up. I mean, you 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 can't. No more stupid base running. No more errors. If they make one or or the other, either tonight, it's over. But if they can play a clean game, get a good start out of Paxton, keep out of Vino out of the game, I think the Yankees can at least win a and second. Get to Verlander game. early. We'll see. Gotta get to him early. We'll see. You figure well, look, not for nothing. I, I mean, things haven't been great. Some of the at-bats that guys like Encarnacion and Judge have worked, labor, where, where they've worked counts and, and drawn walks, it's been good. And it's it's forced these guys to throw a lot more pitches. It's put a lot of pressure on these guys. Again, the big hit, like, I think those will come. I don't think this team's going to finish this, the, the series hitting a buck 40 with runners in scoring position. I really don't. I think there's going to be some improvement the next two games. Joe, it could be the last time we're talking baseball. So, might no, have we'll, to get you come on for a few for football then. We'll still talk baseball. We'll just, baseball's coming if the to Yankees end. lose and they don't and they get beat down, when we talk about this next week, we'll talk about what type of changes that the Yankees have to make. We'll because talk, we'll talk, you, when you don't win, you have to make changes. We'll talk the World Series as well. Of course. But and, and hopefully we can only hope, like I said, remember the that next Joe time. predicted the cards too to win. Yeah. We did all pick the Yankees to win in six too. That's not happening. That was domination. It's unfortunate to see how this season could unfold tonight. Who would have thought? The Astros own us, though. That's our kryptonite. Joe, wish it was a happier time to be talking. Maybe it will be next week. We can only hope because next time it, we might be done or we might still, we never know. We or might it'll be, be the greatest comeback in history. Either way. The greatest comeback in history? Let's not forget about the 3-0. Not the one. Come on. I've already forgotten about that. <laughs> not Red Sox fans. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our final break. That was the Joe Aguirre. Thank you, as always, for joining us, buddy. Let's go, Yanks, one more time. We're closing out the show with college football. The Knishes calling us big week in college football. Who has the better conference right now, SEC or Big Ten? It's very simple. We'll talk about that all. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City. Brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. gentlemen we are back clovercrest media presents keys to the city if you haven't got a chance to check out our show you can check it out on spotify itunes youtube keys to the city as well as facebook go subscribe check us out like us and keep commenting and keep watching we appreciate joe aguire wish it was on happier times but we appreciate him always joining us and talking some new york yankee baseball we can only hope that the new york yankees will keep going Right? Well, that's right, buddy. I can only hope. Now it's time to get into some college football. Another massive week of college football. And Ted, we've been, I think the biggest question right now, to me, I know everybody's been talking about Alabama or Clemson struggles, even though they're undefeated and they're still winning, but they're not as great. Jim Harbaugh. I think the bigger question is, who 
who has the best conference in college football right now? And we were talking about it last week, yesterday. Yes, sir. At Randall's, we were talking. With Mikey Doran. With Mikey Doran, and, we're, and he said it best. You have to look at the bottom of the conference. The bottom. And who has the bottom teams. Don't look at the top. Who has the best or the worst. Exactly. And we came to this. I've, I've, I've been saying that the SEC has been the best conference. I know our caller, Chaz, will definitely disagree with yeah, me. Definitely. He'll definitely disagree. He, the bias towards the SEC. But look. The SEC gets the college football playoffs. They get to national championships. They get to win that. They're winning national championships. The last time the Big Ten has been relevant in any of this has been Ohio State. And Ezekiel Elliott was running the football for 200 plus yards. So, let me just say that. Okay, everybody wants to say the SEC stinks. Well, the, let's see the winners the past couple of years. Yes, it's been Clemson, Clemson and Alabama. But where's the Big Ten been since... Ohio See, State. Charles will rank the bowl where SEC does not do well in bowl games. That's where he'll come back with you on that one. So we, we, we said this. So SEC, Big Ten. Now, SEC has five teams in the top 11. Okay. They have Alabama at number one. Uh-huh. They have LSU at number two. They have Georgia at 10, Florida at nine, and Auburn at 11. So nine, 10, and 11. Five teams in the top 11. Okay. Georgia was and would have been the third team. So they would have had one, two, and three this week going into the season if Georgia – I meant this week, week eight, if Georgia had won. They had a bad loss last week. Bad. Yeah, South Carolina. Really bad loss. Not, a good, loss. not, not a good looking loss. Not a good loss. Ohio State is really good in the Big Ten. Really good. Mm-hmm. They're the Alabama. So now you go to the, to the number two team, LSU, versus who would be the second best team in the Big Wisconsin. Ten? Wisconsin over Penn State? Yeah. We got to call her number one. Big old Kanish, how are you, my friend? I know you're not happy about the Yankees, but we're not talking Yankees. We're talking right now, currently. It's one of me and you were talking about it a couple uh, days ago. Best conference right now in college football. Is it the SEC or is it the Big Ten? I said the SEC just because of their dominance. They've been in the national championship. They've won national championships. They've been in the college football playoff. The last time the Big Ten's been relevant in that sort has been Ezekiel Elliott carrying the Ohio State Buckeyes, to a national championship over Oregon. That's the last time the Big Ten had something relevant in a college football playoff or even the national championship picture. So I know where you stand on this, but I really give me why you really truly believe this, that the Big Ten is a stronger conference, SEC. I think he comes back, Trevor, and I'd love to mother F the Yankees after 13 strikeouts. <laughs> Chapman pitches one inning in the series, and, and he's batting Hicks third and giving Judge no protection. But I don't expect anything from Boob, Aaron Boob. Um, but back to college football, I mean, I mean, Trevor, we've discussed this a bunch of times. The Big Ten is such a deeper conference. I mean, if you get the SEC, yes. Alabama has been probably the most dominant college football program in over a decade. But top to bottom, if you were to examine the Big Ten and the SEC, I don't think it's an argument that the Big Ten is a much better team from top to bottom. If the And if you look at Alabama's schedule, really they play one game all year that really comes down to whether or not they're going to make the playoffs, and that's LSU. This year will probably be their first true test because LSU had an offense that resembled the Trojan horse from the freaking, you know, before Christ. Yeah. Um, but I think that you have to give credit to Ohio State that they played a more challenging schedule. And from top to bottom, the, the Big Ten is just a better conference. Well, you look right now. I'm looking at the top. So you got to look at the bottom teams, though, Trev. 
I'm yeah, looking. Uh, at, I'm looking at the top four teams right now in the Big Ten. I would put Ohio State, then Wisconsin, then Penn State, and then Michigan would be the top four. And the Big Ten would would that be your top four? Yes. And then the SEC, you got Bama, you got LSU, you got Georgia, and Florida, Florida. over Auburn. I would take those four teams and a neutral site game. How many big t- how many times is the Big Ten winning out of the four? Are they winning all four? Are they winning 50% or are they losing three of the four? On a neutral site. So Alabama versus Ohio State, LSU versus Wisconsin, uh, Michigan versus Florida, and then Georgia versus Penn State. How many times uh, is Penn St- how many times is the Big Ten winning? Uh, I think I think this Alabama team is going to have troubles towards the end of the year. They start so many freshmen on defense. Their defense has performed horrifically this year. I think that Alabama is flying by because of their name. I think Ohio State is the best team in the country and will beat any of those four teams. I think this is the best Badger team that Wisconsin has had since the Ron Day and Rose Bowl era. I think that they beat everybody besides Alabama. And I think that the wild card matchups are Michigan and Penn State. As much as everybody wants to criticize Michigan, their defense is rounding up into form, holding teams to 300 yards or less. And Penn State, guys, I think James Franklin is a really good coach. And don't forget, when, when Nick Saban hired his offensive coordinators, it was because the Penn State coach, and I forget the guy's name from Mississippi State, that became more Moorhead. More uh, went there and he wanted to build out that offense. So, and let's be honest, Florida lost two of their last three games to to, to Michigan in bowl games. Besides beating them last year when Michigan didn't care, and I, I think everyone's it's just a washed perception of how good the SEC is. I, I, I right there. I, Ohio State would be the only game that I would I would take Ohio State, a Big Ten team. I don't think Wisconsin would beat LSU. I just don't see it. I think they would run the football, but we know how explosive that defense is on LSU. I would take Georgia over Penn State. And then Florida-Michigan, we've seen Florida beat up on Michigan before, but we've seen Michigan beat up on Florida. That's a fifty. That's a toss-up. That's a coin flip. You can go either way on that one. I would can just, I ask you this question that everybody ahead. is so high in Georgia? Kirby Smart is one of the most conservative play callers in the game and basically lost to Alabama twice because he was stopped attacking offensively. Do you think because they he doesn't have last... faith in his quarterback? Besides, okay, Jake Fromm, everybody says, is the top college football quarterback. He played horrible against South Carolina they at home. To, they need to take okay? a and, and hold on a second. Shield. Besides their win against Oklahoma that was a miracle, when has Georgia ever showed up in a big spot besides face-planting Hawaii in a, in a bowl that freaking Colt Brennan and the Rainbow Warriors didn't belong in? But we, we talk about Georgia like they've won five national championships in 25 years. Better yet, when was the last time Georgia won a national championship? When Vince Dooley roamed the sidelines? You're right about no, you're right about Georgia. Maybe it's because he just doesn't have faith in his quarterback. They need to take a think. page out of the LSU book. No, they gotta take a you they gotta You don't think in your quarterback, he's a first round draft pick. I, I just I, that's why if you think it's conservative, that's probably why. I mean when you see Alabama launching it and LSU launching it, I think it's because they have more faith in their quarterback than Kirby Smart does in a Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is a game manager. He's then he Al- shouldn't be a quarterback. He's, he's Alex Smith. And I think they're going to regret, regret the day that they let Justin Fields walk. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And he's, and he's, and he's showing them that, that they should have they should If Georgia kept has Justin Fields right now, Georgia is maybe the best team in college football. That's how good I think they are with Justin Fields. 
Because Justin Fields turned Ohio State into the best football team. I mean, look at Ohio State right now. Where's, oh, there's a bunch of people saying Ohio State, best team in college so football They're better right this now. year than they were last year. And then Dwayne Haskins threw for 50 touchdowns. That's the – I mean, the Justin Fields decision to go to Ohio State can really change this whole college football and season. And think about it. He's got another year of eligibility. Next year, too. They should have started Justin Fields and let Jake Crom walk. But they'll learn. They'll, they'll win 10 or 11 games, but – They're not going to win a national championship. Georgia will learn and – they're going to have to pay for it again. They'll Just be- like the years when they had Matthew Stafford and, and uh, no Sean Moreno. Oh, my God. They had and AJ they Green. Na- and they, nasty. But they nasty. They, but they can never get over the hump. Couldn't get over the hump. I Could don't know why. It's about Georgia. I don't know. Maybe it's, every, maybe everybody it's the Everybody wants to go after my boy Jim Harbaugh that he can't win, he can't win, he can't win. Georgia hasn't gotten over the hump in 25 years, and, step in, and we still call him the premier college football I would, I would I would say Georgia's in the same boat as Michigan. What's Florida done without Urban Meyer? I haven't found a quarterback. <laughs> That's it. They haven't found a quarterback. I haven't found a quarterback. Man, I haven't shown up at don't, a don't get me wrong. Their defenses are great. But in college Florida football, you need to have a quarterback. We'll Florida hasn't shown up at a, in, in, in a New Year's Bowl since Urban Meyer left. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm trying to say, is that Florida, Florida – that's a toss-up. Florida, Michigan, Georgia, teams like that. No, they were in a New Year's Bowl game last year. Michigan. Man, they killed Michigan. But that's what I'm saying. Like Wisconsin is very tricky. It's very tricky to pick. Penn State. I want to see more from them. They got a big game this week. We're gonna get into that right now. Is the games for this week, Chaz? You've been actually on a roll this year. You're you're doing pretty well. So you picked Penn State last week, three and a half. Texas, ten and a half, and then Florida, thirteen and a half. And USC, you picked as a bold prediction. So you did pretty well, I think. Penn he State. Lost, he lost the he lost the uh, Florida game by yeah. a half a point. My God, by four, half a point. Texas, ten and a half. They lost by seven. I think they lost. Yep. And then Penn State, who to pick? Iowa. They they covered one by five. So Chaz, you're on a roll right now. Do you continue this week? Well, time will tell on that. We're gonna start off in the Big Twelve. Baylor, your Baylor Bears. We were talking about Chaz the other day. Well, they're going to Stillwater, and we know what the history says about that. Oklahoma usually beats up on a Baylor's teams. Oklahoma does Bay does Baylor go into Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State and stay? surprisingly undefeated. Rule has done an amazing job with the Baylor, Bay, uh, Baylor Bears this so, so far. Athletic directors and general managers from the NFL will certainly be calling this offseason, but the Bears haven't played a dynamic offense all year. Iowa State and Texas Tech aren't offensive juggernauts. Hubbard leads the nation in rushing. Sanders is a dual-threat quarterback, and Baylor's secondary will be facing the best group of wide receivers they have faced all year. Vegas is begging Joey Bag of Donuts to take ranked Bears getting the hook on the road. But I'm not falling for their tricks. I'm taking the Cowboys laying the three and a half at home. I love, I, love, I, love, I love it. Three and a half, that's it? Wow. Three and a half, four depends on what you have. I would have thought it was more. Well, you got to get the home field advantage. Home field gives you three points. Okay. Listen, I, th- I, th- I think this is, might be one of the easiest ones of the week. I really do. Yeah, I think I think that Oklahoma. Baylor should have lost last week. They came back. They won in overtime. But this week, Oklahoma State—they are there's they're 530 yards of total offense a game. It's unbelievable. So let's get over to the Pac-12. Another surprising team right now is Herm Edwards, Sun Devils right now. Arizona State against the Utes, the so the the preseason darlings, the Utes of Utah. What do you think of this game? Does you, does Arizona State win another? game against a ranked opponent they have two already against michigan state at the time and then they beat cal at the time who was undefeated as well did they make it three 
guys, I'd rather watch the Republican National Convention than watch Pac-12 football. And unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about two Pac-12 games today. So let's keep this one short and sweet. (laughs) One bad loss during the week against the Trojans on the road, and everybody has forgotten about my youths. Arizona State has grinded wins out against Michigan State and Cal, but those offenses lack offensive explosion. Tyler Huntley will have a huge day, and the Utah defense will continue to be killer. I hate, hate, hate laying double digits on the road. However, I'm taking the Utes to roll the Sun Devils in the desert. What was it? What's the game line for that? Thirteen and a Thirteen half. And a half. Thirteen and a half. Utah. All a, right. That's a big spread for two teams that are closely ranked 13 and 17th. Well, like you just said, Chaz, we had we talked. I know you hate the Pac-12, but guess what? We got to go with another one. Two straight in a row. I know you're loving this right now. Oregon, the only team pretty much that has any chance of maybe getting to a college football playoff. They're going into Washington. Do the Ducks continue to improve with Justin Herbert in this team? Or does Washington end all the dreams of the Pac-12 going to a college football playoff? Guys, this game's pretty simple for me. It's going to come down to whether or not the Huskies can rush the football. There's, they've, they've had some flashes to their ground game. Their top back average five yards per carry, but that's only when Jacob Eason has been able to, uh, to open up defenses through the year. When he performed bad, badly, a la Stanford and Cal, the Huskies lost. I think the Huskies' offense will struggle to move the ball in key situations. They've only converted 22% of their third-down attempts. This will be a grinder, and right now Oregon is armed with a better defense and a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. One interception and 195 throws. They are much better equipped to win this type of game. Quack, quack goes the Ducks. I'm laying the two, two and a half, jumping in that Harley. Let's go, Ducks. Okay, and then we get over to the night game. Your team, I think this is – I, I truly believe this is your favorite team in all college football. It's those overrated team up north – the Wolverines, not even calling them by their name, against Penn State, the whiteout game. This is always one of the fun, the best games to go to if for the Big Ten. If you ever, if you want to go to a Big Ten game and you want to go to just a college football game, highly suggest the Penn State game, whoever they're playing, whether it's Wisconsin, Michigan, or Ohio State, the whiteout game is always one of the best venues to go see a college a football a- atmosphere game. Atmosphere is unbelievable. Is, is one of the best venues, period, to go to in all of sports. It would be at Beaver Happy Stadium. Happy Valley. Happy Valley. So what do we got? Do we got Jim Harbaugh winning is the biggest game of his of his Michigan career, or does he get the uh, you know just get slapped around? These past two games have been blowouts. Last year, Michigan blew out Penn State, and the year before that, Penn State destroyed Michigan. Penn State is undefeated, but let's look at who they played. Idaho, Buffalo, Purdue, and Maryland. And let's not f- forget, it took everything in their bag of tricks and some questionable play calling to beat Pittsburgh and Iowa. Michigan is much better than those two teams. Michigan's defense, as I mentioned, has rebounded from their abysmal performance against the Badgers. The passers has quietly emerged, and their defense is allowing less than 300 yards per game on the season. However, the offense, mainly Shea Patterson, has been horrific, a la Marty Kissel on the basketball court. <laughs> I expect this game to be close, but have zero confidence in Patterson making a big play down the stretch. You know I'm biased. Michigan will stay in this game, base defense, 
but fade late against an inspired Penn State, Penn State team playing in white-out conditions. I'm grabbing the eight-and-a-half, leaving Michigan will cover, and hoping Harbaugh pulls off the upset. Eight-and-a-half, Michigan. Okay. All right, Chaz. Well, good luck, bud. Hope to see you. Guys, I'm going to the Yankee game tonight. I'm going to the funeral. Call Brian Havens. <laughs> hey, good luck. Go Yanks, pal. Peace. Thanks, buddy. He's going to the funeral. Call Brian Havens. He, he's giving him no chance to win. He's giving him no chance he's to win. He's got Verlander. That's why a lot of people. I know. Verlander. That's why I'm very interested in. We're not talking about it, but just wonder how the atmosphere is going to be tonight at Yankee Stadium. I know. Is yeah. it going to be subdued, or are they going to be ready to I hope so. fight back? I hope so. But let's get into these games, bud. Let's get into these games. Is right. Let's start off in Stillwater. Like I said, the undefeated, surprising Baylor Bears. Matt Murrell, what a what a job he's done. Such from a, a short term. From a, t- from a team that was literally abysmal. Uh, we're thinking they were going to get the death penalty for everything that happened with Art Bryles. Being 111 to go. All the way to being undefeated right now. Unbelievable job. But they've had some bad history in Stillwater. It hasn't been friends. Stillwater has been an enemy. To a lot of teams. But do you remember the time when uh, Baylor was ranked like top three in the country and they got smacked by by um, Oklahoma State? I just saw that it was – they got killed. It was like 49-17. to 17. Who's the quarterback? Bryce Petty. No. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bryce Petty but was But I'm trying to think of the Oklahoma State quarterback. I forgot. It's one before Mason Rudolph. I forgot. But this, like well, I it said. It wasn't the 27-year-old, right, that got drafted by the Browns? Not Brandon Whedon. No? No, that was back in the day. That's what I, my point is, is that this game has always been tricky for Bailey. Even when they were great, they always come in. And Stillwater, even though Oklahoma State's not ranked, they're playing well. They have playmakers all over the team. Their running this. back is the best running back in this. In Chubba Hubbard? Yeah. He's be- he's beautiful. Chubba Hubbard, that he's, is he's he's beautiful. He he's is, beautiful. He, he's, he's averaging 182 uh, yards of rushing a game. He's a great player. He's a great I was just player. Reading, he's a track star, sprinter. Came from Canada, and he is lighting it up. He's got over a thousand yards rushing already. Close to 1,100 yards rushing, 13 rushing touchdowns. You know, we always think Oklahoma State passing ball spread four five one, but they are running the ball, and that is going to be the difference in this game. I don't think Baylor is going to be able to slow down the run again. Baylor has a very good defense right now. They're averaging only eighteen points a game. They're holding the opponents to eighteen points a game. This will be a true test of how good Baylor really could be for the next five six weeks out. So you want to look up if look at team similarities. So Oklahoma State, they lost to Texas Tech forty five thirty five. Baylor came back last week in double overtime to beat. Texas Tech. Yes. They both have played Kansas State. They both won. Um, and that's the only really similarities that they've played so far, the two teams. So I'm just trying to see, you know, equal matchups, scores or thing. But I'm going to still take this, the Cowboys. Stillwater, home crowd, tough place to play. Oklahoma State covers the four, wins by a touchdown. I'll say 38-31 Oklahoma State wins. They got a three-headed monster in Sanders. Hubbard and Wallace right oh, now. Oklahoma, Wallace is. I mean, Oklahoma State always seems to have either a, great, a, a nice, coll- a great college quarterback, a great receiver, and then a running back that's usually pretty good. Oh, he yeah. translates pretty well into the NFL. They have another tandem, a trio right now. Baylor undefeated, great story. Haven't really played anybody. I really want to see how they're going to come into Stillwater. They're going to be. I mean. I don't give them a chance. No. I, I just I go back to history and what do I know? I know Oklahoma State plays good at home. Okay. They have and I know Baylor doesn't do well. Okay. In Stillwater. I, I expect 
And this is not. This is a good Baylor team, and it's a great story. But it's so a far. young Baylor. This team. is one of the best stories we've seen so far in college football this year for the turnaround that they have. It's a young team. But they are not ready yet to to push the Big Twelve and Oklahoma. Pull Sooners, up. not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, to really push them. Pull pull off an upset. You never know. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys though. Gonna go with the Cowboys. I expect it to be a uh, forty-two to twenty-eight. I expect 42-28. Baylor will get points, but they're going to have a hard time stopping this trio. Let's get into the Pac-12 and Chaz's favorite teams, the Pac-12 after dark. Always craziness in the Pac-12. Two teams. One team was a, hot, a darling coming into the year. Another team, not many people knew what to expect. Well, you got a top 17 matchup now. You got the Utes against the Sun Devils. And Herm Edwards, your boy, Herm Edwards, Ted. Doing a great job, I man. know. And the true freshman quarterback, Jaden Daniels, man, he's electric. I, he, can, I, he can run and pass. He's see, electric. I don't really watch a lot. Of, the Pac-12 games are tough. They're always oh, playing he's at night. Five. He's, he's he's athletic. He's um, I'm trying to think. He's he's not Robert Griffin, but he's and not as long and lanky like a track star. But he Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, really, maybe, just a little taller, just a little taller, but same. Great speed, great arm, true freshman. You know. They don't score a lot. They don't give up a lot. You know, 25 points a game they score. They only give up 17. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the points with Arizona State. I think this is a closer game. I think they lose. I think they lose t- by 10. I say 27-17. Utah wins. But if you're a betting man, I'll take the 13-and-a-half with Arizona State. I know Washington, uh, Utah, has got a really good team. This that's why we're supposed not, to be the team. That's why we're not on. Um, that's why we're not betting men. That's why. That's That's why. I'm going to go as a plain and simple Utah. I'm going to go Utah. I expect Utah. I mean, Sun Devils, have, hey, if they could go into Uteville. The kid, Eno and, Benjamin, they the could running go, back from Arizona If they State could go into too. Utah and pull off another surprising win, third against a ranked opponent, good for Arizona State, good for Herm Edwards. The direction of Arizona is going in the right direction, and that's what you want, and that's what Herm Edwards has done. Good, good, great, great coach. Great job. That's why it shows true coaching can make a difference. But I'm going with the Utes. I expect the Utes to win by more than 14. I don't care about the. I don't care about the. Uh, All the right, game I just. But asked. I would pick that. I think they're the better team, you and think they're they playing at home. 14, though. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I don't care about. I tell this. you, Arizona State's got a dynamic duo. That running back. I know. Kenny, you know, Benjamin was a true freshman last year. I had him in fantasy college football. He had a great season last What'd year. What'd you get for score? I said 27, 17. 17. Okay. 27. I'll, I'll go uh, 31, 20. 31, 20 Utes. So you got you, you got Arizona State covering the spread too. What? I, I, whatever. 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 Let's get into the other big Pac-12 game. This is the like I've been saying the only team left for the Pac-12. Utah's not getting in. I don't care what their final rank will be. They're not getting in. They have a one loss already. Oregon does, but it's to Auburn. If Pac-12 has any hope of getting to a college football playoff or even compete, just getting into that same tier as other teams, it's for their Oregon. Oh, it's for the. It's for the Oregon Ducks you know the- to go into Washington and beat Jacob Eason and the Huskies, who people thought could be the Pac-12 team representing Shot. in the college Do you know what player. Oregon is giving up defensively this year? Not much. Four points per game? 8.7 points per yeah, game. Yeah, their defense has been very good. The Everybody last five games, they've given up three to Colorado, which yep. Colorado has a good offense. We thought I give so. credit to Cristobal. Cal, Mario Cal, Cristobal. Cal seven. Great. Stanford only scored six. Montana scored three, and Nevada scored six. They've given up eight points a game. And at one now, point, and at one point, they had Auburn at six points for the whole game, till they blew it. Now this is going to be a true test. 
I think this comes down to the quarterback, as it always does. And when we talk about in football, you got a transfer, graduate transfer, and Jacob Eason. Okay, Washington thought this was going to be the difference maker. He's played a really good season. He's got almost close to 1,700 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. Mm -hmm. Not bad. But Justin Herbert, he's got 17 touchdowns, one interception. This is this is a Herbert Heisman moment. This is his opportunity to show the NFL scouts that he's ready for the big time. He's got to prove that he can go into a hostile territory. Washington's always a tough place to play at, especially. You know, it's a 330 game. Chris still will be, it'd still be ramped up. Chris Peterson's a great coach. Yeah. I really want to see Herbert and the Ducks really sh continue to improve. I want to see Herbert prove that he can play at a high level against tough competition. And I think they will. I think they win in a close one. I think, and I think they win... 24. Wow, low scoring. 17. Okay. You got a low scoring game. Okay. Yes. Okay. Think defensive. I think this is about Jacob Eason against Justin Herbert, two quarterbacks that are. Did you just take that from me? Yeah, well, it's easy because these are two guys that are possibly be getting drafted in the first round next year. Definitely one of them well, in Herbert. And, and Eason's uh, always. Eason, first that's round what I'm saying. Talent. That's what I'm saying. These are two quarterbacks that will be getting drafted in next year's draft. And teams are always looking for quarterbacks. Jacob Eason, you played well. Can you keep it up against a very good, and we're not used to saying this, a good Oregon defense because we're so used to saying Oregon offense. But this Oregon defense, like you said, Ted, eight points a game. I mean, they haven't played a lot of people. They haven't played really anybody since Auburn. Stanford's been down. Colorado's Colorado. Haven't played anybody. So they're going into hostile territory right now, a hostile environment. This crowd is going to be going after them. So let's see what Justin Herbert can do. He's been great as well. One pick, 17 touchdowns. I'll take that. I think the difference will be the Oregon defense. They've, they've been their backbone. They've been the strength of this team. So what do you got when, the Oregon te when the Oregon offenses struggle, their defense has come clutch and made big plays when they needed them. So I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks. I'm going to go 38-27. 38-27. Yeah, they're playing now. Ingram and uh, nice. Barkley are playing. Good. good. Uh, that's good. Now let's get so to I the got Oregon 38-27. Beautiful. Let's get over to every matchup I like when, when Michigan has a chance to get embarrassed. I always love it. And this is a matchup I think they could get embarrassed on national TV. Again, Penn State, surprisingly, is undefeated. Dominant, actually, too. Their defense is the best right now in the country. And is it the best in the country? Them or Wisconsin right now, statistically, they're there. Well, they're only, get, they're only giving up 8.2 points a game again. They're, they're leading the country in sacks. They are unblockable. They're three linebackers. Is, all of a, we saw a quick game against Maryland. This and is, I know Maryland's not that good, but they put up 70 points like in consecutive weeks. Their defense was, I was like, eye-popping. They are fast. They are quick. They are all athletic. They tackle. They reminds me of like playing hand in football. And they are too they, strong. They're like bumblebees. Bing, 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 boom, boom, boom. They are unbelievable. I think the defense, that white owl event, is going to be way too much for Michigan. Michigan doesn't have the offense. They'll keep it close because their defense is good. Mm -hmm. But they're not, going to be, they're not going to be able to win this game. I think they beat them by more than 10 points. I think Penn State rolls them 31-17. Like I said, anytime Michigan has a chance to get embarrassed, I, I always support that. Just sorry. It just the offense has been. I, I, I like this offense has been atrocious. The defense, like Chaz was saying, has started to wake up, and they're starting to play better ever since the the West um, Wisconsin game. They've been playing well, but you have to score points, and you're going into a an, an environment that, and a D, and you're going against a defense that tells you it's not going to happen. Uh, uh, I know it's uh, awesome. 
it seems like it's not going to happen. All signs point to Penn State decimating this this offense that we call an offense of Michigan. I just uh, Michigan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Harbaugh. You're just not getting over the. You're not getting over. You're not going to beat them. Penn State's been one of the best teams in college football all year. They've been dominant defensively, and I think it continues. I expect it to be a blowout. I think 38-17. 38-17. They got a great defense, but like I said, it comes down to the quarterback. Got to score points. I mean, Penn State's quarterback hasn't been great either. Clifford against Patterson. That's what it comes down to. And I just think Penn State's defense being at home is going to get after Shea Patterson, and Penn State's going to put him more points. I'm sorry. I'm not, actually. I'm really not. Let's go Yanks. One more time. Let's see if they can do it tonight. See if they can keep the season going. Like I said, big news in the NBA. Zion's not start, starting on the DL. He's off. He's off. Yeah. He's not playing. Knee problems. You got Ingram and, Sh- and Barkley coming back. We'll see how that happens. Kyler versus DJ. Yankees tonight. Can they keep their season alive? Or will we have the Nationals? We'll have our matchup after tonight. We'll see. A lot to tell. We're going to be having a... NBA preview coming up. I wanted to, I, next week. Yep. We're going to be talking rookie of the year. We'll talk about it all. A, a different NBA season is coming. Rookie of the year. Might the parity. The parity in the NBA could be at an all-time high. I've talked to a lot of people. People are happy and excited about the NBA now because it's opened up. It's wide open. We don't know who's going to win, and we don't know who's going to win MVP. It's going to be fun. See how all these duos work together. We'll see what me and Ted pick. But, yeah, we'll have that as well next week. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the sports weekend. Enjoy your weekend. We are Keys of the City. If you didn't get to see today's show, you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or YouTube as well. Subscribe, like, and comment if you want. Give us a holler. Give a shout-out. Everybody, Clovercrest Media presents Keys of the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.